If you were watching closely, there was a clue. Got the million dollar check written already. I mean, I'm, I'm the winner. My wife and kids have definitely saved me from my demons. Last time I played like a cop, this time I'm playing like a criminal. I don't need to be carried. The girls are coming together and we're spinning the guys around as much as we can and then we're devouring them. I guess my nickname's Fabio. Each new day I get out here is a blessing because I was only supposed to get three. So I'm either going to win or I'm going to die trying. Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan. Happy to be back. <laughs> We're back. It's been like 18 months, but finally we've come back to cover season 41 of Survivor, Survivor 41. This is our episode zero the preseason analysis see what's going on now that we're back yeah it's the weirdest thing in the entire world i think both to be back i it feels like it's been a long time but i guess it really hasn't been that long but long at the same time and then it doesn't even have a name it's just survivor 41 mm-hmm. um i feel like you only really bust out the numbers when you're like recommending it to a friend or something you know what i mean like yeah. Um, it feels survivor reddity in like a good and refreshing way mm-hmm. and i think For Survivor, it's weird because it has been a season in the winter and then a season in the, like, fall, like, for literally 20 years. And, like, a two-season gap in there just feels weird. (laughs) Right, because before, like, even to think of what year a season is in, right? Like, you could just kind of divide by two um to kind of figure that out to know what kind of the time period can't do that anymore really there's this big awkward jump in the middle um (laughs) but i I don't know like i think that it's very interesting that i think survivor 40 winners at war the last named season maybe um is kind of kind of served as a sort of a season or series finale on survivor right it's the champion of all champions has been crowned and it's somehow tony uh and then two years almost with nothing like i was honestly kind of scared it would never come back like mm-hmm. I, i'm so happy it is back i'm like super hyped for it and i'm glad that they're kind of treating this as a restart on a show we all love but i, I think that even more pushing towards the future is better right like wanting to make it better just because it's the best show on tv doesn't mean it can't be like the greatest show ever you know yeah i definitely get these vibes that it feels like a restart for them it worked out so nicely where they had 40 seasons with the last season being this incredible winners all stars and then they come back and there's been a gap and they have all new players a lot of these players you read their stories they're either literally younger than the show so they've been watching it their whole life or where they started watching the show is also very interesting so it definitely feels like this restart where they're definitely trying new things with casting and stuff But all these people have seen many, many seasons of Survivor and thus have a little knowledge and it'll be a very interesting experience going back in. Right. Like, honestly, to me and usually for these um, preseason podcasts, I'm always on like recruit hunting mode. Like, I'm like, oh, that sounds like nonsense. Like that person probably didn't actually watch that season or like things like that. Like, oftentimes I feel like you get people kind of lying through their teeth a little bit about maybe how much they've seen and for the most part it did feel like these people at least were fairly cognizant and knowledgeable about the show that they're about to be on that's the vibe that i felt for the most part like even people like brad who haven't seen a ton have seen a little bit and could actually recite events that happened 
Um, and that's not a thing you see very often. Yeah, I feel like there's one or maybe two people here that I question their survivor aptitude. But yeah, you have either people who are straight up fans, they were citing like podcasts in their interviews, or it's even people like Brad where they haven't seen every season or rewatched it multiple times, but they feel like they want to be on Survivor for whatever experience that may be. Yeah, no, and that's, I think, exciting. Like, I don't know, like, it doesn't feel like any of these people were picked up at the side of, like, you know, at a bar or anything like that. And just, like, I feel like there's always those people. And maybe they they are here, right? Like, I feel like every now and then we do get blindsided by somebody that we're like, what? We thought you were one of us. (laughs) Like, but... Um, I don't know. I'm super, super jammed for the season. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been missing it. And you can tell that they've really reflected on things. Like, as far as I can tell, like, they're not really, like, the last, you know, five years of Survivor have been plagued by these, like, kind of ham-fisted themes. And they not only got rid of those, they abandoned themes altogether. Um, that's, a, I think, a big jump. For sure. It's season 41. No, like, groups or location or anything. And I think I've seen stuff around that that's how they want to keep it going forward. So next season, theoretically, is 42 and so on. So I'm, I'm curious what that means. Either they're just like, we're established enough of a show that we can just sort of say, this is our season, like it or not. We don't need to rely on whether you relate to heroes, hustlers, or healers or anything like that. So Yeah, they, they've abandoned the hustler dynamic that they're going <laughs> for. They will no longer outreach um, to the Goliath or, um, yeah, like... I think it shows confidence, right? Like, part of it is probably they're aware that, you know, there's 9 million people in the United States that are going to watch the show, and that's it. You Like, they're probably not going to get this giant influx of people. Maybe they will this one because of Netflix. Uh, but I feel like it shows confidence in the product that they're actually making, which is what we've been always hammering them on, right? It's like, people love Survivor. Like, you don't have to throw these weird gimmicks in that take 15 minutes of screen time every week. That's what I'm excited for, knocking on wood that that isn't just an unthemed thing. Like, if there's just Survivor Island or something that takes up yeah, five minutes. if there is something there, we shall see. But yeah, it definitely seems like they used the time they had to, like, focus and say, okay, what do people really want from Survivor? And it turns out it's like, don't fix something that isn't broken. Yeah. Um, just give us the bare bones, hopefully, and the stories will come out of it naturally. Right, like, I think the big thing for me is, like, when I talk about Survivor and what makes Survivor great is it's, like, it's a documentary or reality show about a football game, basically, right? Like, or, or like, some other sport. Like, it's, you take events that happen that were super interesting and the game can sustain itself and you piece out the stories from there that are really uh, captivating and moving, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for so long, they were so, they were like, no, we're football on skates or we're, um, you know, they're they're monsters. Like, like way more on the side of like, uh, like, Way, way more gimmicky, right? Like, no confidence in the actual game. Like, football is yeah. that Super Bowl whatever because it's a good game that people care about. And personal stories come from there. Uh, that's how I think survivors treat it. And, I, and this is an optimistic sign, I think, moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think if you think about a very well-regarded season in Kagiyan, it was like a, the theme of brains versus brawn versus beauty. And when you think about that season, it all sort of falls away to sort of, oh, you have, there's like Tony and Cass and... Spencer all outside of like who they 
embody per se they're just characters on their own that theme definitely fell away to make way for a great season filled with great characters and great strategy right like tony being on the Braun tribe feels like distant and weird right like mm-hmm. it, like yes he was there but like i don't feel like uh tony is somebody who gives off like that vibe at all really and it's yeah i don't know i'm very 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 excited for this future hopefully it sticks or maybe maybe we're wrong and maybe you know we'll be desperately hoping for some sort of cringy theme in the future (laughs) i guess one thing on that note of that could kind of get in the way here is this idea of the monster like i haven't watched much promotional material but the very few things I've seen, it's all I've really heard Jeff say is like, it's going to be a dark and gloomy season. The monster's going to eat everybody or whatever. Um, so I don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. I haven't, a lot of the marketing I've seen is very dark and like thunderstormy. And I don't know, I'm not a marketing person by any means, but I feel like those aren't the vibes you'd want to go for for this like show's like almost triumphant return. You want to be like Survivor's back and we're celebrating things and the game is finally afoot again. But instead, they're very like, it's going to be dark. (laughs) Yeah, like literal thunderclouds, right? (laughs) Like. Um, but I don't know, like maybe they just think that people are going to be hyped enough that they can kind of, I don't know, from what I gather, Survivor can kind of get the ball to kind of do its own thing. So maybe Mm -hmm. like they had that feeling of like triumphant return in April or whenever they filmed this and you know, it's eight months later and for the Survivor crew, that's kind of gone away. That might be what's going on here. But yeah, I don't know. One thing that I don't think is dark and gloomy is this cast, which I think is going to be really fun. I'm actually really excited for this. I think this is probably the most optimistic I've been for a cast going in since we've started the show. Mm-hmm. Definitely very strong across the board. I feel like there's lots of different perspectives. Perspectives we don't always get. I mean, definitely with diversity across several different areas, but also just the people. Like, I mean, I don't know. I kind of looked at this cast and I was like, these aren't your normal, like, pretty survivor people. And like, that's great. Like, they look like normal people, which I think is better. Honestly, I kind of went a different direction. I feel like this seems like one of the most intelligent casts we've ever gotten. Like, everybody seems really, really smart. And like, almost every single person here is using big words, like kind of casually in their uh, vocabulary. Like, they are viewing the game quite analytically. Like, even the people you wouldn't really expect, I feel like are either really well credentialed or... And like... I think that's the thing is like normally there's like a model there's not like at all like or anything really like that like there's no there's not even like entertainers or anything on here like there's a lot of like academic folks i guess yeah yeah it's definitely people who know what to do when they get to survivor for the most part i mean reading these interviews i got so tired of like the question where it's like what are you gonna do first step on the beach and it's like i'm going to talk to everyone and like Uh, That's a kind of annoying answer to have, but it's the right answer. Like, everyone knows what they should be doing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, what happens? Like, it's kind of sad that we've only seen, you know, a handful of seasons where a majority of the cast kind of is competent, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like, there aren't even, like... Honestly, I don't think there's, like, a total, like, wacky person on this cast, really. Like, most of them seem like pretty sensible folks. And uh, I feel like normally you can pinpoint a couple people, like, oh, they're going to be a total train wreck. And I didn't get many train wrecks on here. Mm -hmm, For sure. I feel like I could spot 
potential where they like didn't fit in or had strange sort of ways of going about it, but not anyone who was just immediately out there from the get go and just did not really fit in at all to Survivor or the Survivor cast specifically. Right. And like, yeah, I guess one thing that I'm like hoping is like, like they did seem funny, I guess. Like, I just hope this isn't like a humorless season. I think there's a potential for that. Like most of the people do seem pretty serious or analytical i just hope that doesn't like i don't know i think a big fun part of the good modern seasons has is survivors gotten pretty good at being funny i think that's a good thing like david versus goliath is a really funny season with lots of like really like really well-made comedic moments and i'm a little worried that maybe this one won't have that um because I, I think that actually adds a lot to the show. Mm -hmm. I definitely get that. And I think in addition to humor, they also have found a good sort of rhythm when to go just very for human moments. Mm -hmm. Like season 39, aside from its very, very dark spot, which is of course human in itself. But aside from that, you have that entire pre-merge, which is all these people sort of sharing their experiences and learning. And like, that was great too. So I see this cast and I do see these very serious people who have serious life stories to tell. And I hope they sort of rely on the positives that can be got from sharing those stories instead of maybe diving into the very serious, very somber nature of some of those. And maybe that's what the monster is. Like, I don't want that to be where it's just serious and dark and gloomy and everyone's kind of sad. But I don't know. I hope it's right. more uplifting. Yeah, especially with like the stuff like you do hear that like they're going to like it's 26 days instead of 39 so they're gonna starve them more i'm like mm -hmm. i hope it's not just serious sad people <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's not fun but i hope that like there's some people on here that make me so excited um that i really think maybe that's it for nothing and maybe it's just these interviews are a little different they're doing them kind of virtually maybe they're not able to kind of feed off each other's energy as much mm -hmm. but who knows I don't know. There's a lot of people on here that I'm really, really excited for. And I'm somebody who does like the analytical people. Normally, I'm wanting more of those on the show. But I think that there might be a couple too many. Um, but whatever. It'll still be fun. Mm. It was definitely a lot of these interviews for me were like seeing a lot of the same stuff and sort of reading through trying to find, okay, but what are you really like as a person? Because I feel like maybe with the ability to like record their answers, they have the ability to sort of script them out and say the perfect thing when I want to know the spontaneous thing, what you say when you don't have the chance to plan. Because that's who you're going to oh, yeah. be on Survivor. Yeah, like, and I don't want to throw shade. I'm sure this was very difficult. But this is easily the worst preseason content we've ever gotten. Like, in terms of what's available, it's not good. Like, you, like the one guy um, was literally reading off of a piece of paper or something the entire uh, to all of his questions. So when I'm listening to these interviews, there's one person that I think everybody's sleeping on that doesn't think is going to be very good and Eric. And I, I, I think I get it because you listen to him unless you were watching the video. I don't think you could see that he's clearly reading off something off camera. Like he's had a, he has like a prepared statement for all these answers. Yeah. You're not going to get a good vibe of who a person <laughs> is when they're reading off a piece of paper. Um, and so like, I think this is easily the worst preseason press we've ever gotten. I'm sure that is totally 
to do with COVID. Yeah, for sure. Um, To sort of, I think, sort of base where we're coming from. So I read the parade interviews by Mike Bloom, which I believe are sort of just transcripts of the yes. recorded interviews. So I've read them. So I know the content of those. But you're right. I think Eric is someone I'm interested to talk about now because that interview on paper was not great. Yeah. But Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's more to it that I can't see. And and yeah. yeah and that's the thing about like reality TV, right? Is like these people get cast for their personality and talking and bouncing energy off people and uh, like having a, having a magnetic drawn person. That stuff doesn't work with prepared statements. And mm-hmm. I think you do a big disservice to understanding who they are when you kind of have that just, you know, thrown like, like, we really don't know how these people really respond to other people. Like, uh, Josh Wiggler was really good at kind of digging into who these people actually are. And we're a little flying empty this season. But mm-hmm. um, I tried to get everything I could uh, from them. But, like, you're not going to catch somebody accidentally saying a wrong event like we have in the past um when they have a prepared statement they're gonna do a quick google search to make sure that they're not using the wrong name or season or whatever right one thing i did notice a pattern in these uh that might be relevant to the season and obviously i think permeates in every single part of our lives right now is the pandemic a lot of these people got cast last year and so they were all hype before everything got really bad to go out um go on a trip an adventure of a lifetime and then that got put on pause for 18 months like i can't imagine how wild that would be um but i feel like a lot of people were talking about that like uh there's people mentioning that they think that they would have done worse uh when they initially got cast because this year taught them so much about self-reflection I'm sure that is absolutely going to be a big part of the TV show, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, especially considering (laughs) it's not over. (laughs) We were like probably May of last year when we were recording our final episode. We were like, okay, well, it'll be a few months. There might not be a next season, but and we're still here. It's still in the midst of it. And I mean, they recorded this in March when we were definitely in the midst of all this. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how that gets incorporated to the show, because it's something everyone has been through in some way or another. And I think even with them all being United States citizens or now Canadian citizens, I don't think there are any from Canada this season. No, there's two. Oh, there's two. I, I've not done my research. Um, but they're they're going through it too. So like it's something every single person has gone through. Whereas other things, yeah, you have the same American experience, but like a person in California is different from a person in Wyoming in so many ways. And so yeah, I think that's going to be a very interesting thing for all of them to react to. Absolutely. Uh and I think like how could it not be a big deal? Like there's some people mentioning they're an extrovert. They haven't got to talk to people for a year. Like, like reality TV people are extroverts for the most part, right? Like, mm-hmm. I totally relate to that. It's been weird. I'm an extrovert. It's been weird not being able to go uh, see people every weekend or whatever, right? And so... Um, I totally empathize with a lot of what these people are going through, and I'm sure that's going to be a big part of it. Is like they're, it's probably going to be a very social uh, game. Like I feel like a lot of people were mentioning that they were like totally fine with backstabs. Like they, I, I feel like there's not that many like morally righteous sticks in the muds in this season, and that's mm-hmm. going to be fun too. Like that gives me a lot of um, M- millennials versus Gen X or David versus Goliath vibes where the, like, that's, I think what this season really feels like is those two, uh, where most people are like pro being a person playing survivor. Mm-hmm. 
definitely they so, they get that sort of yeah it's a game and i want to be authentic to myself but i also want to win this game so maybe <laughs> the authentic self of me that wants to win this game needs to lie a bit so yeah i don't know how it took 40 seasons for this but probably a lot of that has to do with kind of the recruiting style um but i'm glad that honestly even the people who do feel kind of recruity weren't saying those things like mm -hmm. they weren't like the only way to play a good game is to only tell the truth and never deviate like everybody was kind of talking about backstabbing and in a way that actually felt authentic or like i'm gonna be very nice to people and crush their dreams like that's what you want right is people who are nice but and not toxic but will actually do things when they need to yeah for sure so i don't know i'm excited um do you have any like general thoughts or do we want to jump into the luvu tribe um i feel like i have some, might have some stuff on just how i read these so a lot of it for me the interviews i sort of focused on like who their favorite play or like the question where it's like which winner do you see yourself in and which non-winner because those answers i found were the most varied and often sort of the most telling as to how they approach survivor because i think a lot of people heard that question and thought oh my favorite player is this and yeah. That's a, a great indication of what they think about when they come to Survivor or if they're expect what they're expecting to do. Like you can aspire to be Tony, but can you actually do what Tony has done? And so yeah. I thought that was a really good indicator. Um I was a little surprised at how little Tony was actually mentioned on that question, to be honest. I would have honestly gone to my head if you would have told me um to predict like do a preseason bingo pre preseason bingo i guess of who's gonna be the most referenced people i would have thought for sure it would have been mostly people on winners at war yeah. you know the champion of champion season um crowned the another two-time winner against all winners like you'd think that that would have a lot of staying power I feel like, like, Sari got a ton of mentions. Like, it was Todd Herzog, winner yeah. who wasn't on Winners at War, <laughs> I think was the most referenced. Yeah, very, very interesting choices. Um, I actually, in addition to my just notes on each person, I've made a chart of, like, who these people's, like, who they listed for their answer. Because I thought that was one of the most informative things where I could sort of see through and be like, oh, this is how you're thinking about Survivor and mm -hmm. how you might end up playing Survivor. Love it. Um, yeah, I, I basically did the same thing. I always try to categorize all that kind of stuff see if they and see why they like them, too. That's an important mm -hmm. one. We got Definitely. one Sari lover who gave us the balance beam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, you're not gonna do very well. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm super excited, and I guess that's something I paid a lot of attention to as well. I guess on the flip side, I focused definitely more on the actual the videos on the recorded uh, interviews. For me, I learn a lot by how they actually respond to questions, uh, mm -hmm. how they actually deliver things. To me, I think that says a lot for me. Um, so that's what I focused on. Okay, sounds good. I think we're so, ready to go to the the Lufu tribe in, in blue. And we should say, since it's preseason, we might not know how anything is pronounced. So we've tried to go through it beforehand and be like, oh, this is this, this is that. But who yeah. knows if we're right. We'll find out Wednesday, September 27th. Yeah, and honestly, Joe, I think these are contenders for some of the worst tribe names of all time. Like, for all the praise we've already heaped, I think, like, the Ua tribe might be the worst tribe name of they're all time. Very, they're very tribe names, and it's like, I don't know, maybe hot take. Survivor doesn't need tribe names anymore. Just call them the Blue Tribe. 
Like, yeah, but then like the only the only reason I disagree is like when you talk to people and it's like, well, who's your favorite tribe of all time or whatever? Right. You know, you want something? You don't want to be like, yeah, my favorite tribe ever is the blue tribe on Panama or whatever. (laughs) Like, like that just sounds dorky. I, uh, you know, being this much of a lover of Survivor already feels dorky enough. I don't need to feel extra extra dorky. Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump in here with Luvu. That's got to be the way you say it, right? I think so. Perfect. So this is, uh, so as is, uh, typical with us we always go alphabetical um and so we're starting here with danny um our ex-football player this is somebody that honestly when i first kind of just was first reading their bio i was not feeling much like i don't know i i was like football player you know we haven't had the best success with former professional athletes rest in peace first canadian tom laidlaw but danny is somebody that i actually think um, and I guess we'll get, get through what, uh, this back and forth. I think he is in a top contention position to be the best prof- former professional athlete ever on Survivor. Ah, who is he in? Who would be his competition? Is it like Gary It's got to be Brad Culpepper. Oh, Brad Culpepper. Yeah, okay. Right? Um, ooh, I don't know if I feel that strongly. The thing I got from Danny was he's so, it's weird to start with him because everyone else is very like, I know how to play this game with strategy and social power. And Danny from the very get go is like, I'm going to find an idol. (laughs) And like, that's such a like, it's something I'm so biased against, I feel because I feel like that's not fun gameplay. But it's also interesting to think about because it's like, there are people who do that. And maybe they weren't so upfront about it in their preseason stuff before. But sometimes it works. So yeah, I'm very curious about how well Danny's going to do. It depends on how he executes that. If he's the obvious one just going for an idol and isolating himself, or if it's like he gets it and he integrates himself and he manages to stay. So Also, Joe, think about all the seasons we've covered. I feel like every premiere starts with Dr. Mike is on the loose looking for an idol. He's totally on the outs, and then he makes it to seventh. And then, like, I feel like every season has that, and it never matters like joe i remember joe on triple h and like i feel like every every uh every season we get a person is looking for an idol and is outcast but it doesn't actually matter because they're gonna vote at the the older person or whatever i think sometimes you get those though and you get for everyone you get you get a jacob derwin on ghost island he's like oh i isolated myself immediately because i went searching for an idol amidst other things of course but do you think danny is gonna be jacob derwin i don't i think he comes off really cool i think yeah, I think even if he does that, I think a lot of he does seem like someone who can integrate into this tribe, especially. I feel like sort of spoiling ahead, but this tribe is sort of very much like not set up for two people, maybe one in particular. And so I think he's probably fine. It's like also his physical strength, I think, is going to be useful to let him integrate a bit, which is weird to say in Survivor 41, but here we are. Yeah, one thing I loved about him is that one, I actually, I'm going to, on the idle note, I do think that for me, how I view it in contrast, because I agree, if if somebody's actually going to go out immediately Tony style and game changers and like, you know, sprint around looking for an idol, obviously bad. But I think that in general, that saying that in a preseason is more indicative 
indicative of being proactive. And I actually think the more people lose Survivor by underplaying than by overplaying, it's just overplaying gets more attention. Um, And I think that when you see people be way more willing immediately to say that, hey, yeah, I'm willing to go look for an idol. That to me says that they're also going to be willing to talk to people one-on-one. That means that they're going to be willing to form and integrate into groups. I think your average first boot is actually the person who is scared or um, being too precious with their time talking to people one-on-one. We all know that's the most important thing you can do in Survivor is actually make relationships, actually forge bonds and alliances. And when people say, hey, I'm willing to kind of put myself out there a little bit. That's what a relationship is, right? It's, hey, nice to meet you. There's inherent distrust there. You have to kind of put yourself, you have to, you have to put yourself out there in order to actually reciprocate a bond. And so many survivor players don't do that. And then they're voted out and don't understand why uh, the Mm -hmm. person who was nice to them didn't want to work with them. And I think that Danny is somebody who gets that. Yeah, I definitely, with him, I feel there's an awareness to it like he knows what he wants to do and like saying you want to find an idol is something that's very aware his favorite players are like jeremy and russell which i think are really good examples for this like Mm -hmm. he understands like what he wants to do it's just i think the strategy itself is more high risk than some of the other stuff that's being presented so maybe that's where i'm being tipped off but you're right i think it is that sort of riskiness and its visibility of a strategy that is maybe tipping you off more than it's actually dangerous right and like yeah give me that way more than i'm gonna be the big athletic guy that's gonna win all the challenges and Mm -hmm. why would they vote me out i can catch fish or whatever that often this archetype is you know what i mean like yeah. I don't know. I'm really optimistic on him as well. I thought he came off super well. Like he talks about how he wants, like he was not drafted in the NFL. So mm-hmm. his job was actually, he was scared. He was like, it's so weird because I feel like most people in my life that I've talked to who, who are athletes, their fallback is like, you know, they're getting a degree to fall back on or whatever. Right. Right. He talks about wanting to continue his master's degree, but having to sustain his football. So he had to drop out. Like he want like, Football was his um, fallback and he wanted to complete his master's degree um, and he eventually did it. And that's what he's most proud of, not being in the NFL. I think that speaks so much to who this person is. And he talks about how uh, he had to grind every day to make sure he's not getting kicked off the team, make every experience count. Like, I think he's going to really treat this very seriously and do really well. I think that sort of indicates a sort of scrappiness, like... He's able to do it. Like, I, I mean, I couldn't do that. Like, you're right. It feels like everyone is like, oh, college to NFL, whereas he's like, I just got it. Like, that's something. And I mean, maybe his story is a little more like complex than that, but I'm willing to take it and say, hey, I think you can probably get yourself out of sticky situations in Survivor as well. And also, like, the way he talked about liking Russell and Jeremy, to me, indicated that he actually had thought about that quite a bit. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, Russell Hans is a cool dude. It was like, this might surprise you, but Russell, like, I get it. He can be a little bit of a jerk, but he did what he had to do. He actually thought about um, how to actually calculate these things. And that, to me, like, thinking about how you have to come off to people versus what you actually want is the biggest, like the number one biggest thing that you need to look for and people who can win the game. And yep. also, most of these people know Survivor, they're actually not gonna be scared of former professional athlete guy. They're gonna see mm-hmm. that as a potential goat or whatever. And that could be a dangerous spot for if they uh, let that happen. Yeah, I definitely agree. I guess my prediction is, I think he's going far. I don't know. Um, 
I still, I guess my initial thoughts still sort of stands where it's either like very short term, we're going to lose him quick, or he's probably in it for a while. So. Right. And I think I also, like, I, f- I feel like I picked Alan Ball or something to win in that season. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm hype for like a, a professional athlete to actually win this thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be sick. So, I don't know. I don't have any other thoughts on Danny. I think he's going to be pretty freaking awesome, though. I think so. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for everyone. This is a late person number one, but I'm excited for him for sure. So I guess that brings us to Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, Deshaun is somebody that I'm kind of sad we're talking about him so early as well. Um, we probably could have reorganized this tribe, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I think he is so cool. Like he's so personable. He's so charismatic. And yeah, I'll say it now. So there's another person who's a medical, um, he's a doctor, Voce, Voce, sorry, uh, later on, David, who talks about being like a cool doctor and it doesn't come off well at all. Like you don't believe it. Like you're like, no, you are like the clinical guy that everybody's scared of. Deshaun is a medical student and comes off like how David, I think, thinks he does. Like this guy is so cool. He's so fun. Um, He seems to have a good knowledge of the game. Not as much as some of these other people, I don't think. But I don't know. I think he's really good. Like I feel like him and Danny are like an instant alliance is my vibe. Like they, they just seem like they were like both cool, interesting people uh, that have like a good mind for the game. And I I just can't see them not being in a good spot on this tribe. Mm -hmm. I think part of, like, there's a strength in having your first season be David versus Goliath because it's, like, a great season, all newbies, and it's, like, so modern. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. like, what Survivor is. And, like, you'll get it, and if you're the right type of person, you'll connect, and it'll be, like, oh... I want to play this. I want to do this. So yeah, I definitely see good potential for him. It's all about like whether or not his like, like alter ego, like DVSD rad, if that's like going to come out too strong and like put him in a bad spot early. Like I could see that. And like, there were some warning signs, I think like, I don't know, like he's somebody that to me, when he was talking, I didn't get the sense that he had like a very, like he lists Sari, right. As his person. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to have a, the strongest idea. He also was Wendell. Didn't really say why. Like, he, I think he basically said good at challenges, which I guess if you're going to take something cool, like. <laughs> I think uh, it was like a, like all encompassing, like, like social and new and to be like, um, like savvy, which like not wrong for Wendell. I don't, I don't know. It, it wasn't, it didn't strike me as anything profound about who your favorite player is. Yeah. Like uh, to me, this guy's all social, right? Like his skill is going to be in connecting with people. I think he's going to be really, really good at that. I worry mm-hmm. maybe about his strategic planning. Like, I don't think this is going to be our winner. Um, but I think he could be like a fun, likable, important character in the show. Like, I think right. that's the thing is like, where I actually think I could see some winner upside for someone like Danny. I think Deshaun is an interesting person that has some upside to be like an important character. I feel like fans are really going to love him. Like Mm -hmm. he's just very bubbly. Actually, I think I'm higher on Deshaun than you are. I feel like he is a sort of great contender preseason for a winner. And I think, I think this is also a good tribe for him where it's sort of set up nicely for him not to immediately get himself in a bad place strategically early on. 
Like, I think it's sort of maybe clear cut for him. So I think that might work in his favor. But I do think he has sort of winner potential. It's almost, I, I think I said this for maybe someone else too, but he does have sort of like golden boy vibes-ish. Like, he'll be someone fans will like. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, Yeah, like, as far as people I think he's going to work with, I think in this, on this tribe, I think everybody basically, like, mm-hmm. maybe not... Uh, but i don't know i i think that for me i'm what i I feel like this shot might be your comedic relief like i think he has a lot of like i think he's gonna be pretty funny i thought he was pretty funny in his interviews yeah i i don't know i think a big character for sure but it's like how how long does that span yeah like if he's a good strategist he's winning right like it's just I, i he didn't give me confidence that he is like to me he gives me kind of he might be a follower to someone a little bit more sneaky he might be susceptible to sort of over strategizing more than anything too exactly yeah like like, to me i try to view the game as like i try to find the people who are going to be the ones pulling the strings and then i try to find who's going to be like more of a puppet i Mm -hmm. do think Deshaun's more on the puppet side i think Mm -hmm. i don't think he's going to be a big move maker in this season i don't know i don't think i feel the same way but we'll see yeah uh i guess predictions i think I think he's making jury. Like I think that's say, like, likely. Yeah. Yeah, like early juror, I think, is where Deshaun's gonna go. Any other thoughts on Deshaun? I don't think so. Yeah, like most of him for me, it's like I'm gonna bring him back up a lot when I talk about David, but uh we'll get there. Next up, the most important um person is uh Erica who is the first Canadian that we're talking about. Um, yeah, Tom was technically Canadian. It doesn't really count. He lived in New York his whole life, okay? So, um, <laughs> Erica, um, I kind of want to like do like a little drum roll, is winning the season. I am all in on Erica. I think she is one of the... And to be clear, I don't know her. This, I, this is not... <laughs> I know I'm Canadian, um, and all Canadians know each other, but I don't actually know her. I'm not biased. I think that she is going to be incredible. I think she's a super fun character. Every single thing she said, I was like hooked. Like she's so magnetic, but at the same time, she's so smart. I think she is going to be the star of the season. I think (laughs) now I'm terrified she's going to be first boot, but as I'm talking, but she's my winner pick. I think, um, as of right now, I, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Erica? You are <laughs> going to have to sell me because as we were talking about Deshaun, I looked at what I had written for Erica and it was like two lines. And yeah, I just, I don't have much to say about her. Like sort of everything she said seems very like what I would expect from Erica. There wasn't anything that was like really hitting out of the park for me. I mean, I think she was the first person I saw to say her favorite player is Todd. So I uh, at that point, I was like, oh, how novel. That's an interesting pick. Like, and it still is, I guess. Like, it's not someone. You didn't especially... read the other people's bio. <laughs> especially in, like, 41 when, I mean, we haven't heard from Todd in so long. It's such an interesting choice. So, like, it's someone you know has watched a lot of it and they can recognize an interesting player who sort of breaks out of their archetype and, and wins a season. So I think Todd is a good pick. However, now that other people have said it, it's sort of lessened the like effect of it. So I don't I don't know. And I think it is interesting that I read it and was like, eh, I don't care much about Erica. But you mentioned the sort of magnetism and that excites me. That means I think there is something there where it's just that the way we 
took these interviews in mm-hmm. meant I didn't get it fully. But yeah, I wasn't. Like, I don't think she's in trouble on this tribe by any means. But I. I was not as high on her as you are. <laughs> like what I loved about her is you can just t- like you can just tell how many ideas are kind of going through her head. Like every question she would give like profound and interesting responses that I maybe didn't, you know, turn out super great via text, like via transcription, but you could just see like the wheels turning in her brain. Like you can tell she's thinking and she's really being thoughtful about what she's saying. But she's, like, a fun, zany person, too. Like, I don't think she's going to come off as, like, scary at all. That's true, Um, for sure. And she talks a lot about how she wants to be one thing on the beach and completely different in confessionals. That, to me, is everything you need to know. Like, it's just, like, an understanding that you have to be duplicitous when you're speaking to people and have to be pushing an agenda. She has that. I love it. Um, yeah, she mentions Todd. It's in a good way. It's not like, I, I feel like a lot of people said they like Todd because he's a short winner. And that's not what she was saying. She was actually giving good reasons. Uh, she says she's like Brenda on the outside, Todd on the inside. Um, and I, I think that is a actually interesting idea of like someone that is going to get a little discounted. Um, and she talks a lot about being like, kid-like like she's a lot younger than she or she's a lot older than she looks she often gets and she has kind of a youthful presence um she says she gets that a lot and she's gonna use that to her advantage i think that's super smart like she does come off youthful but you can tell she has ideas behind her um again she's canadian so she's winning um but also she just she, she seems like a schemer like she really does and i think that if anybody's gonna kind of be the like kind of Deshaun Whisper. I think it might be Erica. Um, I don't know. I am to the moon on Erica stock. Like I would go all in. I really think she's going to be awesome. She talks about basically saying uh, she's going to vote people out with a smile on her face. And that's going to be her like defining strategy. And I love that. You definitely, I don't know, elevated her for me. Um, I am still wary about, because I think there's another player who does this as well, who says they're going to be one thing on the beach and another in confessionals. I think that's a really easy sort of thing to say and aspire to be. But I don't know if, A, it's like good gameplay. I think you can sort of be a very complacent, passive person on the beach and then think you're sort of this mastermind. Um, So I think there's that. And then I think it's also something you just see your favorite players do and therefore you want to be like that. So I'm always wary. But the way you talk about her gives me definite hope for that because I do feel like she's someone who will present very differently when she's talking to her fellow castaways as opposed to when she's ready to sort of fill her strategy in a confessional. And yeah, I'm excited for that sort of contrast. Yeah, I think the thing for me why I became so high on her is that like she had really awesome profound things to say but then would be funny like would be like kind of goofy and kind of uh more silly and then in that in those moments I could kind of see those two personas and how they're both still her like she is a very smart and interesting person but she's also very funny childlike and goofy and as long as the players see one thing but aren't like, oh, she's so um, docile that she won't scheme with me. Like, that's the issue where this archetype usually ends up in is, oh, yeah, I love Erica. She's so sweet. Shame we're not in alliance. Gotta vote her out. Like, that's what happens to this person usually. But she seems actually willing to play, like play ball. She talks about wanting to work with people who don't, who aren't like her also. So I think that's 
a good idea. I don't know. I'm very, very high on her as, um, as I've mentioned. Uh, and I don't know. I also hope she does well. I think she's going to be a fun character. There's a chance that she might just be a fun character. I just don't want to live in that world. Mm-hmm. We shall yeah. see. <laughs> and also she's another one that talked a lot about how she basically had to wait a year. She's the one who a year ago, I was so excited for survivor and I would have flopped. I really liked that kind of discussion of how the pandemic made her learn more about herself. Cause I think if you look at the survivor winners, the one thing that kind of unites them is for the most part, they actually firmly understand who they are. Definitely. There are, yeah, there were some answers where it was like, how do you think you'll be perceived? And it's, they're like, well, I don't know. And it's like, <laughs> if you don't know that, I don't know how you can expect to like win this game because you have to know how people see you in order to know how you want to use them and how they'll react to you so yeah i think it understanding who you are is the foundation of manipulation right like how you come off is exactly how you have to manipulate people like it's one thing to want to do it but you if you don't understand how you come off to other people you can't actually get the gears in motion to do it mm-hmm for sure. Ooh, cool. Is that good for uh, prediction? She's winning. Um, unless and somebody else comes up when we do official winner predictions later. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place on her, <laughs> but I'll have to see. Yeah, like she's a weird one. Like I could totally see a world where she's first boot, and like I was never big on um, like I like like she could be like a Chelsea from uh, Island of the Idols or whatever, right? Like just in and out. Mm-hmm. But I hope not. So I guess that brings us to Heather. Who, Joe, I don't think Heather's making it to the swap. So, okay. So I sort of looked at everything a few days ago and I wrote up my thing on Heather, which was like, I like her a lot. I think she presented as very like rational and self-aware. She did have that self-awareness to me, at least. I thought that she knew who she was. I did think maybe she's just kind of boring with that too. But there's a chance she sort of shines in the midst of whatever she's thrown into. That being said, I then was sort of like, oh, Heather's archetype is one that is sort of not on a good history right now in Survivor. So I I just don't see the like winner potential much in the same way. It's sort of fallen through for everyone, every older woman in the past few seasons. But I, I bet she could get there. And then today, as I was looking over stuff, I looked looked more at the composition of the tribes and I was like oh she doesn't fit in at all here <laughs> like this is just not a good tribe for her to even do that much in I think yep. I think she is just so in contrast to the other five players around her so yeah my my hopes on Heather have gone down a bit I think if she can navigate that and she comes out like episode one and is like bonding with all these people in a way i'm not expecting like i'll be a lot higher on her but i'm not i'm no longer hopeful yeah she's just like a little bit too kooky i think like it's like she's like i don't know her when she's talking like but i I don't think she's actually gonna bridge the strategic bonds like she seems kind of kooky and people will like her and probably see her kind of like a mother figure but i don't think she has like the proactiveness of even she mentions lisa waltrell like i don't think she would have that like kind of desire to really prove herself kind of thing like she just seems like more like a katrina radke was kind of the vibe i got um like she says that she thought the season was gonna be the season of olympians like that's like that was her prediction for the theme like you're not an olympian why would it like what um or or the olympics or something and it's like i just i think that's such a bad guess that i have to question her judgment you know what i mean like that's fair yeah i 
and I also thought that she just wasn't a very strong speaker in her confessional, like, or in the uh, interviews that she was doing. Like, I maybe I'm completely wrong. I just got like nothing from her, like no confidence at all. Like she mentions Lisa. She mentions Rick Devins being her favorite. Hmm. I'm like, you really think you're you're the most like Rick Devins? Like, I don't I don't I don't see how she could think that. Based on how she was talking, how she was presenting herself. She doesn't come off anything like it, I thought. The favorites I have for her are Ethan and Tasha, which are bizarre choices. <laughs> and it's kind of like, on one hand, I'm like, those are interesting choices, at least. Like, I, I, no one else picked Tasha and, like... Ethan's an interesting winner to choose. But on the other hand, they're also like, I feel like they're players who they're very rarely going to win a game of modern Survivor. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I. I think she sees good things in them and sees a bit of herself in them. I just don't know if any of that is still right to win Survivor. So Yeah, I think that kind of what you're saying kind of speaks to my issue with her is I don't think she really knows who she is. Like she lists Rick Devins, Tina, uh Chrissy, Lisa, Ethan Zahn, uh Tasha. Those are not the same person. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not they're they're people she likes. Like when the question is, who are you the most like? And she gives Rick Devins, he played really hard. That does not speak to who you are, Heather. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the issue, I think, is I don't think she has a strong idea necessarily of who she is, or at least it's not, you know, presenting um well. The reason she said Tasha actually kind of made sense. It was because she's super religious. And mm -hmm. Tasha's second season was all about being like the the girls at church didn't hate me for lying and they said I should have lied more. So I remember that whole plot line and that's what she was referencing. Yeah. So I kind of that's what I liked about her. It's like if she's gonna be like the evil mom, yes, sign me up. And honestly, being like so out of place on this tribe, like really, really out of place. That might give her kind of a niche power, right? Like um Katrina Radke got voted out on a tribe where it it was Chrissy and her were on the tribe as kind of the older women right mm -hmm. she's really the only one maybe that gives her some plot armor a little bit it's like she has more of a defined archetype in the social dynamic so maybe people don't go for her i could see that i don't know i just it depends on how well she gets in and even then i think she's in trouble if there's more than one or two one or two eliminations in the in this phase yeah. so yeah yeah. Well, where do you think she's going, Joe? Uh, probably not far. <laughs> I, mean, I yeah. There's a bit of bias in there because I obviously like her a lot. She gives me really good vibes, but uh, not a not a winner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure that she won't have that much in co like one of the things she describes as being like this is something that I remember. She talks about how, like, her biggest accomplishment is, like, using the sale of her house to pay off her loans or whatever. It's like, that's not possible. We're millennials. We can't buy houses. Like, all the people in her tribe are millennials. They're not going to understand, or Gen Z. They're not going to understand what it means to buy a house because you can't buy a house right now. Like, her best case, I think, is, like, some Lauren Rimmer upside, like, if she, like, is a surprise Lauren Rimmer, like, who can, like, get herself into a good role on her tribe. But I think Lauren Rimmers are one in a million, so. I think my hot take is Heather's coming seventh place. Wow. 
She's gonna be your, like, kind of invisible, like, UTR2, strong, occasionally will pop off in a random episode, but largely irrelevant 7th placer. That's my prediction. That is bold. Somewhere in that range, like, <laughs> um, I, I feel like you see, like, a Jessica Lewis or something like that. Like, I don't know. I could see something like that. <laughs> That's good for me, for Heather. Yeah. Uh, let's jump to Nasir. Um, I really like him. I think he's awesome. This is this is definitely one where I think we probably have a very different read simply because I mean a lot of his interview is about how like English is not his first language and like how he'll be sort of understood and like what he'll be perceived as and that reads obviously very different than what you probably saw and actually did perceive him as so I don't know I did not have a high read on Nasir I thought if anyone could unseat Heather for first boot it would be Nasir so yeah I'm curious to hear more what what you thought about him i was hoping you'd have some positive things to say because he seems like a cool dude like he really does um he talks a lot in his interview about being like like growing up and being like a, a kid in the jungle like um with a machete and like he just like kind of go out in the jungle um like as a kid so he has all this outdoors experience so he's like really really comfortable there um, like, he feels like he grew up there. He seems really funny. Like, he lists Philip Shepard as his favorite survivor. Um, so, never, obviously... <laughs> yeah, his favorite survivor never to win. His favorite winner is Boston Rob. So, I'm like, what are you doing with Redemption Island, Nasir? <laughs> I don't think... I think this is a recruit, somehow. Um, when they ask which survivor he's like, he doesn't give a name. And then, um, for favorite, yeah, he lists Philip because he was authentically himself and i feel like the only criticism like the biggest criticism i've ever heard of philip is like he's clearly hamming it up for the camera right like right very clearly hamming it up and he's talking about how authentic philip is it's like i don't think he is that authentic and he doesn't list anybody other than redemption island i think maybe he saw one season yeah and another thing he said is he saw philip as a good person because he wanted rob to win like philip wanted rob to win the season Philip was on, like that's just big game red flags. Like you don't understand what it takes to win. I feel, and you're not willing to do stuff. Another thing he said, and it's sort of a word that goes across multiple peoples, but I highlighted it for him, is he said he wants to fade into the background so he can be quote unquote sneaky. And it's like, mm-hmm. what what does sneaky mean? Like you can't just be arbitrarily sneaky in the game. <laughs> like you have to have plans. And I feel like. That's a very easy thing for people to be like, I want to be the sneaky one in Survivor. But like, you have to have more that amounts to that than just sneakiness. Really <laughs> Wentworth's impact. Um, yeah, wow. I The thing is with this year is if he, like everything that's been said about him, it's like if a good player will drag this person to the end, right? Like use him as a Philip. Cause I think Absolutely. he is like a Philip. Um, but I feel like Philip probably is first boot in a lot of seasons. He mm-hmm. So is that going to be this one? I actually, I think I'm going to go with, I think he's a losing finalist. I'm, I'm, he's going to make his 75 grand or whatever. Um, so good for Nasir. Cause I think that enough of these people are going to see that not seem as enough of a threat. The only thing that does give me pause is that sneaky comment because I'm like you can't if you're the if you're the kooky goat, you can't be sneaky or untrustworthy to that person, right? Like 
that whoever's dragging you needs to authentically believe you are going to work with them always. So if he's being sneaky, that's going to undermine the trust between their shepherd or whatever, right? Yeah, and I mean, that's I think that's something a good player can also be like, no, 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 you don't need to do anything. Just, we're fine. (laughs) Or, yeah, you're being sneaky in your own way, how I tell you to, kind of thing. Yes, yeah, very, very moldable, which, not a winner quality. Yeah, like... That's the thing is, like, if you hear that this guy is favorite, like, if if I'm on the beach and somebody tells me their favorite player is Philip Shepard because he was so authentic and wanted Boston Rob to win, I almost get suspicious, right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a bit. Like, that's a, that's performance art right For there. For sure, yeah. So, we shall see. I, I, I don't have, I guess when I say I don't have high hopes, it's similar to what I've said about literally everyone on this choice of art. It's like, they could go first. They could be at the end, but the end and not a winner, like you said. Yeah. This is, I think, the person who might be the most stick in the muddy. Like, if someone's going to be a Pagonger, it's going to be this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just, I think the other people are dynamic enough that he might just be kind of like a, like a, <laughs> like a plus one. Um, but I also think he's kind of fun. Like, I think he's going to be a goofy, fun character on the show. I, they're definitely going for the tie thing. Um, or is it, is it kind of Keith Naily too? Yeah, like, I think he's kind of tie meets Keith Nail. Keith Nail. Like, yeah, I think if he is in a dynamic merge situation, he's just going to be sort of there and being like, I'm here, I'm voting the way I'm supposed to. I'm not getting voted out, but it's working. And yeah, I could definitely see him in a Keith Nail position too. Yep, yep. I 100% agree there. And I mean, he's only 37, but I don't know. <laughs> it kind of works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's all my thoughts on this year. I think realistically, he's one of my, he's first boot or he's a losing finalist. Like literally like those two, like, <laughs> uh, or first boot of his tribe or losing finalist. That's my prediction. Yeah. It's hard to imagine other scenarios for him for sure. Yeah. Zero win, su- win equity, I think, um, personally, uh, but Hopefully he proves us wrong. Maybe he's really good. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so that's Nasir. Uh, and that brings us to Sydney, who I think is awesome. I, is another I oh? was expecting that for sure. Okay. Does she remind you of anyone who you oh. also think is awesome? A, a little Michelle Schubert vibes. Oh, I didn't see that at all, but I, I, I yeah, I can see it. I can see it. She <laughs> gave me a lot, honestly, of poverty vibes. She's very well-spoken, like similar to what we were saying with Parvati last season with um, just everything she says feels like they they thought for 10 minutes beforehand and kind of scripted it out, but spontaneous. And granted, these were kind of prepared interviews, so maybe it is just she's a good actor, but the delivery was really good. Like she's you she's going to be TV gold. Like that's one thing, you know, for sure. She speaks like a confessional all the time that to me speaks very well she's gonna be a main character i think i'm willing to say wherever regardless of where she falls she's gonna be a main character um she also is like completely unafraid like they're like yeah describe us t- to you and she lists like i'm smart i'm confident i'm backstabby i'm sexy and like she does she has no um issue with being like yeah i'm going to manipulate people she talks about how poverty uh gets mentioned as somebody who just kind of worked uh like manipulated guys but um really she her power was like talking like rallying all the women together um i don't know i think she's going to be freaking awesome mm-hmm. i don't know the thing she said that stuck out to me is there's the question like how do you think other castaways may underestimate you and she's like i think i'll be overestimated 
And that I think is good because she is very confident to say that. But she's also aware of like, oh, these are the ways in my my people might see me as a threat. Like I'm all of these things and I need to figure out how to either balance them or what I need to do with them to get people on my side. So yeah, I think a very good player. I kind of worry. She said her favorite, one of her, the players she sees herself most as is Denise, which very interesting choice. I think a Denise can sort of mean, oh, I am interesting and I have sort of a subtleness to me. But I think it also is like, yeah, I'm not too out there. I kind of blend in and I'm just a normal person who could win Survivor. So I don't know. But in the other time when she is asked that question, she says Russell Hans. Yes. Uh, I guess a good thing. And from what you're saying, I definitely feel like she has the strengths of Denise, where it is this sort of connectability, charisma, like she gets it and she knows how to be, when to be, where to be, all these things. So, yeah, the weird thing is that she lists Russell and then in her actual bio, she lists Natalie White, (laughs) which is bizarre. But she's like, I love Russell because he was willing to like, well, she says she loves Russell because he is a schemer and a plotter and that sort of thing. But then she what she describes about Natalie White is like her social awareness is was next level or whatever, which is awesome. Like, that's a really good read um, and a, a deep understanding of that season. Like, mm. I think oftentimes people go one way or the other radically wrong with Samoa. They're either like Russell's the worst player of all time and Ali was the greatest player of all time and was always going to win or whatever. Or you end up with like Natalie was nothing and Russell just fumbled the bag or, but to me, she had a sophisticated understanding of Natalie was actually probably a lot better than the show. ended. she had a lot of these good bonds and because Russell was kind of a dick that kind of allowed the jury to rationalize voting for Natalie. Um, that makes total sense. That's a good, uh, awesome viewpoint. And to me, she just seems really, really wicked smart. Like you can tell she honestly on the downside for her, I think would be an Angelina. She gives some Angelina vibes and I mean, Angelina came, made it really, really far. So if your downside is Angelina Keeley, you're doing pretty dang good. I think. And I, I can't remember even what we thought of Angelina preseason, but I know we weren't expecting it so there is something to that but yeah she is my like i did power rankings she's like number one on this tribe for sure i think good winner equity like she'll just fit it and she'll be able to make it far i think she goes out in a blind side or she doesn't go out at all (laughs) yeah yeah i agree like the only thing worrying for her is like in like different seasons we've seen like the libbies and stuff just immediately get kind of no room to move at all because they're like you're a pretty person and you're smart you're gone that said i just i think she's too good for that like honestly i think she's gonna be able to navigate around any of that kind of stuff and yeah like just like super smart gonna do well to me prediction i don't know i think that there's a really good I'm just going to say, I, I think there's a really good shot that the winner's on this tribe with Erica and Sydney both on here. Um, I think that this is a really high win equity tribe. I'm trying to think. I feel, yeah, I feel better about like my top four. So my power rankings are like Sydney, Deshaun, Erica, Danny, and then Heather and Nasir. Yeah. And I feel, I feel very good about those top four. I think they have some of what it takes to get to the end. Of course, it's all luck and blindsides and all that too. But yeah, they do all feel like strong players. But we still 
have 12 other people to talk about and there's a bunch of strong players scattered among them too so i would say yeah definitely sydney and deshaun i get really strong vibes from yeah i think they're gonna be good pals for sure um so yeah super hype for sydney let's go this tribe's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be my guess is this might have um the best tribe. Like I think this might be the best tribe. Like as a team working together or uh I th- I think entertainment wise, I guess is what I'm going for. I um, think there's fun fun characters on here. Yeah, I think so. I think there yeah, there's a little more spontaneity between them. Like I'm mm. not entirely sure what's gonna happen, but there's a lot of like life here. A lot of a uh, like yeah. I think something interesting will happen here. Yeah, like if Heather's really good at the game, this tribe will be like a fuck, like so intertwined, right? Like mm-hmm. so complex, I think. Um, if Heather is good because Nasir has value and not voting out, right? Um, yeah. So as long as Heather can prove value and not be voted out, like just be the easy vote, I think this will be a very dynamic and interesting tribe. Mm-hmm, for sure. Even if that does lead to a Heather boot, it could be, lead there in an interesting way. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I was kind of thinking like, yeah, maybe she's Heather's just a like episode one boot, but it'll still be interesting, I think. <laughs> Perfect. So that I think concludes the Luvu tribe. Which brings us to, as I mentioned before, potentially the worst name ever for a tribe. Ua. It's like a sound. It's like it's a, a. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a uh, part of a word. Um, it's it's just a, it's just a syllable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in for the novelty to have a tribe that's only two letters long. But yeah, it's an interesting choice. Yeah. And I guess speaking of interesting choices, uh, <laughs> we got... I think this is going to be the worst tribe, by the way. This is... Uh, th- that's my... Um, before we chat chat about them and see what each other think that's my hot take because i think this might be the the sleepy tribe but i think it has the lowest level of dynamics for sure Mm -hmm. like it feels very sort of like formulaic like even more so than like a tribe with heather and nasir on it it's like these they just feel like they're gonna fall into lines and sort of go from there so i guess the only point of oddity we start with is brad yeah brad's a wild one eh? like Mm -hmm. i don't know how to like i think of everybody on the cast he sticks out the most like he's a rancher from wyoming and like there's nobody on this cast like that you know what i mean like this is barely seen the show loves ozzy like he feels he feels like (laughs) he's on uh survivor 36 or whatever right like he feels he feels like the old style of casting (laughs) completely wrapped up like we found this rancher in wyoming and gave him a season of survivor to watch with ozzy on it boom casting done yeah i think because i set out to like listen to the interviews like the rob has a podcast interviews and brad is the first one and i think it was some combination of like the format of it where like they're constantly sort of breaking in to like give their thoughts plus the first one being brad who is this very like i watched two seasons of fiber and i'm ready to play i want to have this experience it just was not working for me so brad's the reason i just read the interviews but yeah he's very old school feeling like he wants to do it for sort of the challenge and experience and there wasn't a lot of like here's how i'm going to strategize like from what you've told me of erica very much the anti-erica 
in that he has like no sort of set on like the game right like he oh my god he talks about at one point they're like what's the story of the winner of this season or whatever and he says something like the story of the winner is going to be someone coming from behind like an underdog that you wouldn't expect like somebody that is so underestimated by everybody that they just and they sneak up a win and i think that that's gonna be this season you know what kind of like if ozzy won south pacific like uh, if the athletic guy who won all the challenges got one that would be the underdog like what and it's so like dreamy like yeah i want every season to be a fun underdog story but sometimes tommy sheehan wins sometimes tony wins it's not that fun what he's writing is fan fiction of like survivor it's like also like uh, in what world is ozzy the underdog against sophie like (laughs) you like you know what i mean like we've got enough of these uh big athletic boys winning the seasons like Look at the last five winners. They're all athletic dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I mm, first. He hasn't seen those, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tony's his favorite. So like, and that's very much like an aspirational, like, I like Tony. I want to be Tony, but I don't think he has it in him. So yeah, if this guy's anything like Tony, I will be stunned. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he just like, I thought his favorite was Ozzy. He talks about Ozzy all the freaking time. Like, I feel like I know this guy's entire opinion on everything Ozzy's ever done, ever. Except for the two seasons that you didn't see, but. His favorite non-winner is Ozzy, of course. So yeah, interesting casting to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, (laughs) he's just like, my daughter was at a conference with Holly from Nicaragua at it, and now I'm on the show. Like, it's a bizarre timeline. Um, he also talks about, like, I'm not your stereotypical rancher. And I don't know about you, Joe. Maybe it's different in Nebraska, but I don't have a stereotype in mind for what a rancher is like socially in Survivor. Um, no, the... I did get far enough into the Rob has a podcast interview to be like, he's no rancher Rick. And I was like, after reading his interview, I was like, he's definitely just rancher Rick again. So I feel like he's very just, yeah, like, like that's a very, to want the experience and the challenge of it in this sort of wilderness setting is very, I don't know, kind of rancher. Yeah. And so, yeah. Cause when I saw doesn't want to be like rancher Rick, I was like, oh, there's going to be some substance, like not under the radar like 12 episodes in a row and i don't see that right like i feel like he failed to differentiate himself from the person he's trying to differentiate himself from. yeah 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 he's the first person from wyoming fun fact there's not very many of them so um yeah it'll be i mean i think he's easily the first boot on this tribe really okay my prediction he's i feel like he's he might win. I don't know. Like, I feel like he's going really <laughs> far. I guess, yeah, I can see that where he has the same sort of trajectory as Rancher Rick and just sort of is a number if he's on the right side of things. But I think in sort of everyone coming together as a group at the very beginning, he could be the first one out. Well, he's apparently like a giant. Like, he's like 6'6 six, six or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
I just I don't think they'll vote him out. I think he's good. Like I think that alone, uh, and I think he's gonna come off like what we were saying with Nasir, right? Is like the downside for him is that he will come off too um sketchy or whatever and not be a reliable goat. This dude is gonna come off as like rancher from Wyoming who's never seen the show really. Like everybody's gonna be falling over themselves to get this who can win the challenges for you so your enemies don't and like mm, I guess that's fair. I guess I don't see the same sort of potential for someone to grab him in these other five as I did for like Luvu. Like I think there's a lot of people on Luvu who would snap him up, but like these five either I don't think they'd vibe with him pretty well or they don't seem like that would be their pre pre preeminent strategy. Yeah, that's fair. And honestly, I do think that like if you told me that Brad ends up being a really good survivor player, I actually wouldn't be that shocked. I think he has the right personality sort of for it. It's just can he catch up enough? Like, and Survivor's not that complicated of a game, right? Like it's complicated, it's just it's not that complicated. He seems smart enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can catch up. Like he's got a likable personality. That's what kind of scares me that I think he actually could be the winner. Um, is he's likable enough to kind of make it far. He's athletic enough to win challenges if he needs to. And I don't think he's a total rock in terms of, like, I I could see him picking up the game a little bit that to me is enough uh ingredients to be a winner i don't really want this guy to win i think that would be an upsetting end to the season uh but what can you do i think my sort of argument against him picking up the game is he he watched like he's watched seasons he like glommed on to the wrong part of survivor not, not the wrong part. I mean, Ozzy is a valid part of Survivor. But, like, he had enough potential to see strategy in, like, at least 21 and 23. And yet, he's all about being Ozzy. Like, being this, like, under underdog, in quotation marks, physical threat. So, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, like, you're probably <laughs> right. Like, but granted, like, I don't think it's that, like, if you are an athletic guy and can get to seven and are, is somehow underestimated because people probably won't take him that seriously and you're likable, like, that's enough to get to a win, I think, like, without having to be that good. Like, he could be a lot like Ben. I guess the difference, though, Ben was a super fan, right? Like, for all, like, the knocks against a lot of these people, like Mike's and Ben's and uh, of the world, those are super fans, right? Like, those are people that, despite their archetype, are giant living breathing survivor nerds they just happen to be military dudes or uh oil rig workers yeah and he's not so that's good that's i guess the difference but if he's mike holloway i wouldn't be shocked honestly i have other mike holloway vibes in this tribe so (laughs) i'm sure that you're speaking about our next person here genie um (laughs) i love her like everything she was saying i was like I want you to be the greatest survivor player of all time. Like, uh-huh. please do well. Like, I love her so much. And honestly, when I started her thing, I was kind of because she gives this really vague answer about who her favorite is. That I'm like, oh, she's never seen the show. And I was worried. But I think she actually just loves survivors so much. She had a difficulty picking one. Like, I think she's so excited. And what single moment I think describes why I want her to do so well. And it's something that I've, uh, like, I want every person on Survivor to have this attitude. She says, like, I've never been an ambitious person. Um, I've never really wanted to be at the top of my class or, like, I don't care about traveling the world. The only thing that's ever been on my bucket list is playing a Survivor. Like, that gave me, like, goosebumps. That made me feel so... And, like, you could just hear how much she meant it. Um... Like that, this is what she loves. This is the one thing in her life she loves. 
Um, and that's obviously, that's being a little drastic, uh, but, um, like, you can just feel the passion exuding off of her. Um, the only thing that gives me pause is she, she is the one that lists <laughs> Sari as her favorite and says, oh yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, like in one of the earlier seasons, she was trying to do a challenge. She couldn't do it. She's talking about the freaking balance beam Mm -hmm. and Ceri's most recent season. Like, yeah, that's the one thing that gave me major pause. Yeah. I think I, I like Jeannie a lot. I want her to do well. And I think that's sort of the fact that we're both being like, I want her to do well is sort of, I think we're seeing the red flags and we're like, eh, she, I, she's sort of a side character here. I I think she's really positive. I think she'll be liked and fall into good groups, but I just don't think she'll in any way sort of like take the game for herself and go from there. Like I think Suri and Tony are very dubious choices, especially that Suri pick now that you've elaborated on it because she's definitely not a Tony type. So yeah. So yeah, I'm, I would love if Jeannie won this season. I'm not seeing it happening. I'm seeing a nice, comfortable, like first finale boot. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. <laughs> that'd be good though. Like I could see her being like a Lauren Rimmer or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I think super cute is everybody that she knows calls her Genie Machini, which is <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> and I will make sure that I refer to her as Genie Machini whenever mm-hmm. possible. Um, Another red flag is she refers to tribes as teams in every single uh, mention I can find. Um, it seems like she only said teams, I think. I don't think I heard her say tribes, and she said teams a lot. Um, so for somebody who lives and breathes Survivor that much, to not have that part down, like, and I'm sure it's nerve-wracking to be doing press and stuff like that, so I'm being a little generous, but, like, yeah. they're not teams. <laughs> And it's worrying that she sees them as teams because that speaks badly to how she views the game. Yeah, psychologically, that's like, oh, we're a team. We all need to get together and work together. And that's not the case. Yeah, I think that is a very good catch. And so, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't think she's going to win. Which brings me to why she's set up on this tribe. Her and Brad are going to be an inseparable duo um, <laughs> as they're like, teamwork makes the dream work. And that's their the only, let's catch fish. Like, I really think that they're going <laughs> to love each other and like be like a power duo. Doesn't bode well for the other people that I like really a lot on this tribe, but I think she's going far, to be honest. I just, um, not sure how that's going to manifest. Yeah. Really. yeah. Right. I feel like it'll either be like the numbers dwindle so much that it's like, oh, it's just time to get rid of her. Or like it'll be a really sad, like blindside early merge thing where it's like right. Jeannie's a good number for the side, but she's probably doesn't have the idol. We'll just get Jeannie. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, I guess that's Jeannie. I don't know. I really hope she does well, but there's so many red flags there. Like, I think especially the teams thing, like. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if my prediction like this is gonna be the Pagong tribe, if there's gonna be one, um, and like the the one doing the Pagonging, like the yeah, uh, and I don't know. I hope that's not the case because there's a lot of people on here that do seem to be like might as well have been calling them teams, you know? Mm-hmm. Very very positive people, like mm-hmm. hopeful. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is like you get enough like yeah, we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh, mm-hmm. let's jump to JD. Mm-hmm who I think is so, like, this is a person that I'm like, I want this guy to be my friend. I think he seems like such a fun (laughs) guy. Uh, This is another, like, I've loved Survivor my entire life person. Like, um, he describes that he probably wouldn't, 
have long hair if it wasn't for Survivor. Like, it's so ingrained in him that it's it changes his, his appearance and, like, how he kind of talks to people and how he views the world. I love this guy. I'm not sure how well he's going to do. He reminds me a lot of Alec from uh, David vs. Goliath. Mm. It's just, like, a super cool bro. The only thing, though, is I think Alec had this. One was older and so had a little bit more understanding of how to connect with everybody. I don't think that JD is quite as charismatic as Alec either. I think Alec was like a once in a, like he's just one of those crazy magnetic people. And JD's close, but I don't think he's quite there. And he's a little bit younger, so he won't have as much understanding of how to connect with everybody. So I guess that's something for me. Um, I hope he got. I hope he does well. I could see him winning. I think he's one of the people I have some winner upside for. I kind of wish he played Survivor a little later, though. I think he, I, I wish I would have got to see him play at 22, maybe instead of how old he is, right? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good read. Um, I don't know. I think he has a lot of like the generally good skills to do just well in terms of like placement. Like I think he's probably placing high. But it, it feels like a combination that never adds up to a win or anything. I think it, he's my one who I think is like the golden boy of the season. I think he is like someone to root for and like get behind, but probably won't win. He'll probably be the underdog Brad wishes he could be. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think if he won, it would be sort of Mike Holloway-ish. There's my Mike Holloway reference where it's sort of like, I'm excited to be here. I'm doing all these things. And yeah, I'm taking this season. And yeah, so that's how I think he would win. Um, my biggest issue with him was there's a question people got asked where it's like, if you could use magic once in the game of Survivor, how would you use it and why? And his answer was to use magic to let him use it multiple times and then use the magic to give himself the million dollars. And I'm like, why oh. would you not? Why would you not just use the magic to give yourself the million dollars in the first place? So there's a little logical inconsistency there. <laughs> Oh, that's a terrible answer. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, Yeah. And okay, one thing that normally is a red flag for me, and Joe, tell me if I'm being incorrect here. He talks about how um he wants, like, what is it? He says that he thinks being underestimated in Survivor is a good thing. I think that can be true. Um, The issue is, like, if your goal is to be underestimated in terms of not actually doing anything, then you end up just kind of fading away one day um drifting into the into the tide and no one really notices um that gives me some pause but i think because of how chill he is like i guess you didn't see but he is like very charismatic i think like he's very very likable he just, like he's doing like the ricky hands like the uh i assume you know like uh your three middle fingers are down um you know okay, uh, yeah mm -hmm. all the I time think, i think i associate those with Haley ford because she does yeah. it in her like intro <laughs> yeah exactly he actually gives me a lot of Haley ford vibes um but maybe like, but honestly, like Haley Ford, but being an athletic guy gives them a little bit more credit in the tribe, unfortunately, um, by being like a big athletic guy who can, you know, do all that kind of stuff, like similar energy, I think, to Haley Ford. And mm. I, I think that that actually might be a good thing. Uh, I believe Surfer Bro is the best archetype in Survivor. Like, if you look at those ones where they actually like kind of give each player an archetype and then like average out which one does the best mm -hmm. it's i think by far surfer bro um and i have he's given me no reason that he's gonna be worse than the average surfer bro i guess you're saying best by placement right by placement okay i don't know i feel like 
I'm very, like, I used to be very, like, oh, placement is okay. Like, you can be third. But now I'm like, no, you're in it to win it or not. And so what you were saying earlier about underestimated, I think we don't see a lot of winners that are underestimated, like, especially recently. Like, they're all sort of, like, in it to win it. They're not, like, the people who are underestimated are the people who don't get jury votes. Like, right. Laurel probably thought of herself as underestimated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is the, and to be clear, this is not a pat ourselves in the back thing I'm about to say. So since we've started this show, I believe we have gotten the winner. One of us has picked the winner on this show, like this cast assessment show on every season, I believe. Uh are you one of us <laughs> i picked wendell um i think no, because Nick. We, we both picked alec on david versus oh Gilbert, yeah which right. is why we're still now talking about him on season 40 we picked chris we picked tommy yeah we saw I, like the potential for sure yeah like in that is not me trying because like, i actually don't like those were also very common winner picks Right, like Survivor has been getting won by loud, charismatic, overestimated people. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben Drebergen, everything, everybody, even on the beach, like in the first one out interviews, was talking about how he has a tenacity that transcends this game, and we make fun <laughs> of that all the time. Th- they were saying it, right? Like it's these people with these like over the top levels of charisma, and like you see them, and you can just tell who they are. They're winning these things. Tommy was like, in my opinion, such an obvious winner even before like on the cast reveal like when you see them all there you know what i mean like he sticks out for sure um and that's who's been winning not the random people not the underestimated folks it has been the people in your face yeah so i think that is sort of a red flag in that he has all the skills to not be that person and yet he's like i want to be underestimated it's like no 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 (laughs) you shouldn't be in that mindset you have the ability to not be so yeah um, I think sort of underestimated is sort of a, this word also like sneaky and that's like something cool to say, like something you want to be on Survivor, but it's often like you actually mean like you don't want to do things in the game or like yeah. you just want to be in the background. And yeah, I think sort of watching out for like when people are just saying, I want to be underestimated versus like, I want to be under the radar before I end up doing this like having some sort of plan after they're underestimated which going back like i want people to think i'm less smart but more physical or whatever like that's a more nuanced position than just Mm -hmm. underestimated yeah which it's very erica erica is very much that so i'm just increasing on erica every every minute yes that's the goal of this podcast is to give (laughs) it to everybody uh by the way i am on erica's marketing team um i should (laughs) disclose that now (laughs) Um, no, but truly, I think that, that you're speaking to a a big issue is that oftentimes people kind of speak in coded languages and like underestimated can kind of mean doing nothing. Uh, and especially when he's 20 years old, he comes off quite young and Mm -hmm. would be if he won the youngest winner of all time. I don't know if he's giving me like part of what Fabio had to do was kind of defy, um, that people didn't respect him. Um, that was kind of a story, right? Like he actually had to, he was underestimated. He had to become estimated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you're, if you're, if Fabio was trying to be underestimated, he would not have won a jury vote. I think is another issue. Yeah. Like if you're already an archetype that's underestimated, if anything, the answer should be, well, I'll get away with more. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I guess that's my hope is that he's 
sneaky and backstabby and is like because i come off as a cool bro guy no one's actually gonna think i'm that smart even if i do smart things that's kind of the tony playbook right is like yeah. i come off like a lunatic and therefore when i do smart things no one takes me seriously so i can do more um strategic things because i come off as more of a lunatic when i do them and people don't take me seriously like that's kind of the tony playbook and it works really well i i hope he he clicks into that you know, so my, yeah my prediction jd pre-merge i think he's gonna be our jack where we i think episode two he's gonna be top of our winner contenders list I think he's very well set up on this tribe. Agreed. But yeah, I I guess I don't know where he goes after that. Like maybe mid-merge? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good candidate for like a bad swap, like just to get booted to so yeah i don't think he'll have the savvy to get out of a bad swap like yeah those are hard um to get out of <laughs> yeah that's good for jd i think yeah so let's go to uh um who i think is he reminds me so much of my friend that it's difficult <laughs> like he sounds and kind of looks and kind of acts a lot like somebody i know in real life and i don't think they would do very well <laughs> survivor so <laughs> it makes me a little worried i guess of how um he's gonna do but i like him quite a bit i think i don't know i think i want to start by saying i think if he's not our winner i think if this season isn't maybe as nuanced as it could be i think where we're seeing all this diversity he could very much become that sort of figurehead of diversity and be like wow look at look at how good survivor is now with all the diversity and i super don't want that like i hope he like maybe he doesn't win and he's just sort of there as another person that's kind of his wish too he talks about how like i thought i was going to be the only person like me but then i get on the beach and i see there are all sorts of people like me in different ways so yeah i hope survivor treats it with that but i do think he's also probably a good player like he talks about himself as someone he thinks is aware has a high level of awareness and i believe that about him his favorite players are natalie anderson and aubrey which at first can seem very like like fa- like favorite picks but i think he rationalizes them pretty well and so yeah i think i like like his chances and i think he's a good sort of central figure on this tribe too to sort of bring everyone together and and i think he kind of contributes to that sort of pagong essence where like we're all great as a group let's Let's go forward with it. So yeah, no, I I agree. I think he's another Pagong happy person, right? <laughs> like that's I agree. I think he comes off kind of like a leader to me. Him being a flight attendant is weird. He doesn't come off like that at all to me. Um, and not like there's a you know set personality or anything like that for that. Just like he doesn't see like I feel like when you think flight attendant, you think like bubbly, and he didn't really seem that way to me. But also interviews are kind of weird, right? Yeah, I I think um, I would have got that from his interview maybe. So maybe it's sort of like some dissonance and like did he pre-write stuff? Was he reading? Like they had planned all that. So we'll have to see on the beach. <laughs> For sure. And I don't know. I think um yeah, like I don't know. I like him. Uh and he, to me he's just I don't think he's gonna be a big character. He might be a complex character like complex personality sort of thing. But I just don't think he's like he doesn't have the biggest personality, I don't think. Like he seems fun enough, but the thing that worries me about him is he talks a lot about challenges and that sort of thing. Um and to me, that's honestly the biggest red flag. Like the minute people are talking about challenges, I kind of am like, mm, I'm going to kind of scratch you off the, the winner list. 
Um, and that's like the big thing for me is he talks a lot about kind of trying to downplay his physical acumen and then win the challenges when he needs to. Yeah, I think I've also switched to the type of person who's like, like it's almost like the Korean show The Genius where like the challenges are sort of the base level rules and then like everything around that in Survivor is like the actual like what you've got to figure out to win the game. And so, yep. yeah, I think... If you're just looking at challenges, you're kind of at risk of just becoming a bit player to like other people who are actually moving around you. So. Yeah, like I think challenges are the big distraction of Survivor. Like mm-hmm. they matter, I think, pre-merge quite a bit, obviously. Uh, there's many times where you may get voted out if you win uh, or if, if you don't win. Uh, and that simple change makes you a winner contender or you're... 18th place like whether you win or lose a challenge is huge once you hit the merge if you really need it a what uh at 12 you're probably not winning like regardless right like if you really really are getting voted out at 12 you have a one in 12 chance that it's you then you were likely not winning anyway um and yeah, i think like, that's a big thing if you need it at 12 you're probably gonna need it at 11 and 10 too so yes <laughs> and again if you can win every single challenge that's a great strategy but that's very very hard to do and as we've seen no one has done it mm-hmm. not even mike holloway he does lose one um yeah. in that run right like it's it, it doesn't seem to be possible at, or at least probable and so you shouldn't bank on it unless you really are convinced you can just be the greatest survivor challenge competitor of all time yeah but i guess aside from that we'll see how that actually stands or if that's just something to sort of focus on for him is like oh there are challenges in survivor and i'm very interested in that part of it but maybe he does have some sort of like ability in the non-challenge part too which i think he does and he can navigate there as well so agreed i don't know i think i'm a lot less high on him than you like it seemed like you think that he is like a massive winner threat right i think i think he has a good chance i don't know if i'd have him like as a preseason winner pick like top five even but like i could see it for sure like i think he'd be bottom half for me wow Hmm. maybe i'd have to really think about it but yeah like i could kind of see it i just like i don't but also like in a way when and we'll get to this with the next person one thing that he kind of reminded me of a little bit was uh was kim spradlin and the weirdness of how somebody that doesn't actually come off that magnetic can actually be that way right like Mm -hmm. that's the thing with kim is it's not like you watch the interview and we're like wow i want her to be at my wedding right now right like it's not like she screams personable uh bubbly but she's really good at connecting with people and that's what matters right like um and people do love her when they get to know her and she is so um connective that way i think he could be that way as well and it just maybe not come off um initially because like as a very loud person i know that that eventually gets tiring on people right like eventually four or 26 days of uh spending all your time with a really loud um outgoing person is gonna drain on you a little bit with them and there's probably um lost uh diminishing returns right for every time you interact with them when you like them at first they make a great first impression but it slows down i think he might be able to be the opposite where he might not make the strongest impression at first but who cares about first impressions on survivor i think honestly they're if anything bad like if anything it's good to like people do the fake alliances and fake duos and stuff all the time it might be good to not make the greatest first impression and be able to apologize or like reconnect then one-on-one and be like hey sorry i didn't make the greatest first impression i don't know i think 
think I I don't know. I'm so flippy floppy on him. He's the biggest question mark for me of the cast. I don't know. I feel I feel very comfortable about him doing okay on this season. Yeah, I was gonna pick him as the the boot of this tribe. Um, I don't think so. I think he's very much in it and not going home that first round, especially. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if he was less athletic, I think I'd pick him. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Hope he does well. Um, one red flag, and maybe I misheard him, but I'm pretty sure he says he wants to be the first gay winner, and that makes me have a little pause on... <laughs> you have to, because he talks a lot about how he was watching the first season with his mom and Richard. Okay. rooting for Richard, so... I think that honestly sucks me out of it, because I'm like, okay, he's not like, <laughs> not quite there, but um, yeah, so if that's the case, awesome. Um, I do like him like i said like he eerily like my friend and i i hope my friend would do well but i just don't i don't know uh i don't really have any other thoughts on him i do not either i guess cool. after how you compared this person to kim i'm now excited to hear whatever you have to say about sarah because here's our resident kim worshiper right like i feel like you get one every season um oh is sarah and... sarah loves kim yeah oh i thought that was hmm, i thought that was the next person they may also love kim but I'm pretty sure that Sarah describes uh, liking him quite a bit. Um, and yeah, so I'm curious what your take is with uh, Sarah then. Just like I read that interview and was like, okay, <laughs> there was nothing. I felt like there's nothing there. Like I could not sort of get into Sarah's mindset or like who she was as a player. She like almost felt a little recruity, but like I think her players, or well, I guess her favorite players are Kelly and Natalie, which are very typical choices, but she also says she's watched every season numerous times. So it's yep. like, uh, just, so she kept saying she was really smart, but like never elaborating. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like she's just going into it, sort of winging it and being like, I'm smart. I have the skills. I can do this. And yeah, I do not have high hopes. <laughs> yeah, she's the weirdest, I think, on the cast because I could not get a read on her at all. Like, okay. I'm glad <laughs> you feel, like, feel the same way. Yeah, like, at t like, I wrote in my thing, like, if there's if there's going to be a dud on the cast, like in terms of just like invisible the entire time, I think it might be her. Like mm -hmm. she talks a lot about how she wants to lay low. Um, and that to me is the ultimate red flag. Like that is <laughs> like, you were going to get voted out before you get the chance to get your feet wet. Um, or maybe you she, never had plans to wet your feet at all. You're just right, like, I'm yeah, either way. Low. So, <laughs> and both are very bad, right? Like, mm -hmm. and honestly, it's for us, it's better if that person just kind of never gets a chance than for them to make it super far and consume the season, right? Like, because yeah. that's what that happens. That's what happens is. If they're good, if this is a super fan who loves the show, who is savvy and is not going to do anything, they're going to be a bottleneck for this season being good. Um, and I don't want that to happen. Uh, she does. She is the person who is like, to me, screams Kim worshiper. Like everything about her, the good side of it would be she is she is literally Kim Spradlin or whatever. She has. And to me, I hadn't. It was so hard wrapping my mind around her because she comes off shy. 
but she's like a trapezist and like uh like went to like a really good school and it's like apparently very smart and she talks about that a lot but then her interview to me didn't scream that like to me her her disparate hobbies and interests and everything like that to me spoke to kind of a a, a zany eccentric person a little bit and she seemed super normal like yeah super normal and i was like like I, I just could not see her in a circus situation i could not see her in a <laughs> like in a lot of the things that she does and maybe she's just not good at interviews though right like it, to me if the person in the interviews on the show they're not going to be very good or interesting but maybe she's just bad at that interview and maybe she's going to actually be a very electric player cuz on paper a uh, hyper athletic very intelligent super fan a uh, younger girl who can keep up physically and uh like wants to play hard and loves kim spradlin is like on paper a winner right like that's a really good set of um qualifiers but somehow it doesn't pull together into anything coherent yeah i wonder if it was like that is sort of the truly odd quality about these this preseason stuff is that like it's almost like a literal job interview where some people are going to be very authentic but others are going to like sort of edit themselves down to like a very professional like they're giving good answers but they're not correct answers and yeah. like yeah i feel like there's a possibility she was just like i just want to give good answers and she lost herself in it but it's also possible maybe she had nothing more to say so i'm just very confused um from her interview i get the sense that she won't do well on this drive at all so yeah yeah like yeah like i think the other people are just gonna be too similar like i don't mm -hmm. know if i could see her and brad hitting it off you know what i mean mm -hmm. like like she talks a lot about wanting to hide that she like she's wanting to hide that she went to mit and maybe i'm wrong maybe the, i'm a you know goofy canadian who doesn't understand what that kind of stuff means but like i, I just remember like in big brother there's there's been this is actually big brother canada people were like hiding that kayla hid that she had a degree and expected that to be like this big reveal and then no one cared like and so it caused all this stress and um agamony on this poor person who's uh, trying to hide her past and no one actually cares because it doesn't really mean that much you know what i mean like like if you're really really intelligent in survivor people are going to be able to tell by how you act and how you play and you know how you talk to people and scheme and plot they don't really care what like if you went to a, a school right like i don't think that means anything yeah i think reading through these because there are people who talked about like there's a question just about authenticity and a lot of times people talk about i'm this and i don't want to hide that fact about me or like people like sarah to be like i want to hide it and i feel like we're kind of past like anyone can be on survivor anyone can win survivor and like often the ones that you hide the like occupations and like qualifications that you hide they often don't do that great in survivor it's not that type of game so yeah i feel like we're kind of past like hiding things like that on survivor like like people go to mit that just happens but yeah. and it's sort of like also being like it feels like a little superior to other people like yes that's the issue that's what i thought <laughs> is like the fact that she thinks that care that that would matter that much to mm -hmm. me indicates something about her personality a little bit that she might think she's a little smarter than everybody else and, and i think yeah on this tribe too it's not a tribe of like like there's a rancher here like he's not grocery store worker rancher yeah, yeah flight attendant this is like a blue collar tribe 
Mm-hmm. Pastor. Yeah, it's not very, it's not very like white collar for sure. So, yeah. She does stick out that way for sure, I think. Like, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I, I think that's a totally good read is like the the fact that she thinks it matters that much does speak to, and like, yeah, what's she gonna, I don't know. I think there's gonna be some weird, I could see her just not hitting it off at all with a genie or a Brad or mm-hmm. anyone on this tribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully it's just she's bad at interviews. I don't know. I think on the upside i think she has like if if she's good i think she has a lot of upside i mean i know that's kind of a like a weak take but like if it's just she was a little sloppy that day i could see a lot of upside because of what i mentioned of like on paper she should be really good yeah i think if she's good there's definitely stuff there that we're just not seeing and we'll get to see it and i'm kind of excited for that too but but right now i'm not getting that vision so yeah prediction Mm pre-merge or invisible like i invisible and pre-merge maybe i don't know (laughs) hopefully we're wrong though uh and that brings us to i I believe she's going by shan Mm -hmm. i love her i this is yeah me too (laughs) i thought you're gonna be i i thought you're gonna say you didn't um (laughs) absolutely amazing another canadian um a canadian's winning like i'm freaking ready (laughs) to say it i love love her love everything she brought and i honestly probably do have a bias against like pastor i'm like oh they're not gonna do well like that's basically where my brain went immediately and then the more she talked the more i'm like oh my god she gets it she gets the game she's so smart like she's so funny she's like goofy and interesting and captivating um i just think that like she feels like a winner already in in the way that ben did in the way that tommy did like she just feels like she's already one survivor like that's already on her resume and she's here again doing more cool stuff right like she just seems so awesome yeah i think she's the one i want to highlight for that like picking other survivors question for her answer because it's so good she's like I really like Sandra, but I know I'm not like her anyway. And then mm-hmm. she talks about how she's like Davy and Kim. And I think like Kim is an easy one to pick, I think. But I think she matches up to it really well. And like bringing up that she's a pastor, I think a like someone playing like Kim is a really good spot for a pastor. Because mm-hmm. like it's not Kim's play isn't outlandish or flashy. It's very like I'm going to smile and make relationships with you and run this game with you. And I think that's a really really good match for her and then i think davy's another good one to point um i mean i didn't see as much of her humor in the interview but i think if if she has that aspect to her that's another good match i think she's a really good she's without saying it too she's very aware of who she is and i think that's almost better to not be like yeah i'm aware and be that but just to say here's what i think and not know that you're aware like i think that's sort of a power of its own weirdly i don't know dude i absolutely agree with everything you said and just to even heap more praise on her she is as a lover of improv myself she is a improv diehard she loves board games that to me i know shouldn't say that much but she's like a hobby board game it's like more like Catan, less like monopoly right um and that to me speaks that she has a very analytical mind or at least can you know enjoys that stuff right like i think it does take some sort of analytical uh side to want to engage in like board games and like rule heavy things um but also she talks about she actually uses the sneaky word as well she's the one that i didn't mind it though because and what she's talking about is she's like um 
yeah, I'm a pastor, but like, it's a game. Like I, I view this as a game. And if anything, me being a pastor will make people think I'm not willing to do that kind of stuff, but it's a game. Like, I, I don't think that there's any, any moral wrongness in playing and backstabbing and lying to people in a game. Um, like she understands the context and parameters really, really well. Cause that's the thing is you can be nice and sweet to people and still be manipulative and backstabby and uh-huh. voting people out. And she gets that totally. Yeah. Um, like she had, a, she had a really good answer to the like first, first few moments on the beach thing. Cause she's like, yeah, I'll make relationships with people and talk to people, but I'm also going to look at landmarks and like, think of where idols could be. I'm not going to go hunting for them immediately. But I'll think about where they could have been and then when I get the chance to it. And I think that's a very like multifaceted way of looking at it where she knows, yes, it's important to talk to people, but yes, it's important to look for advantages. And there's lots of elements to this. So Right. And I for what it's worth, she is really funny and you can tell. Like she's got really good comedic timing. Um, and I think that matters. Like I like it means a whole lot when you got nothing to do for twenty six days if somebody can make you smile. Um, and she's got a big infectious smile. She's laughing all the time. She's goofy and similar to Erica again, queen, um, can be very analytical, intelligent and thoughtful while being funny. I think that's a really slept on trait is the ability to jump between being silly and intelligent when needed, or even to use your jokes in a demeanor to manipulate and i think she has that ability um she's got a lot of energy a lot of passion um yeah she mentions kim i agree i totally see the kim um yeah and like she's another one who says she wants to go and find an idol that like i don't i to me it's hard to get more excited for shan than i am right now you know what i mean like i could not see her leaving pre-merge and if she does it would be a tragedy because she's so good yeah yeah i'm very glad we're on the same page i think she is my favorite i think she is my winner pick at this point like i don't see anyone on yase outpacing her but yeah i think shan seems yeah you're right she's very tommy sheehan in that like you look yep. at this cast and you're like, oh yeah, Shan makes so much sense as the winner of this season. Like she just fits in the right spot. Totally. And like, it's the right season for her. Like the other people seem to make sense with her. Similar mm-hmm. to Tommy. Like, and she's got like, I think the thing with Tommy that gave it to me is like, he was just so, he was so smart. He just got Survivor. Like it didn't feel like he had this rehearsed opinion of Survivor. It didn't seem like he was parroting uh talking points they just got it like they got what it meant to manipulate while still getting people like you Mm -hmm. one thing she says that i think is so smart is how survivor can be um like basically like it's not that hard like but like it's complicated and everything like that it's just not that hard um and i I don't know i just i think she's gonna do really well she's gonna be the star of the season she's going to play again i think i'm willing to say right now that's always i don't know sometimes like just as we said sarah might be like toning down her interview like maybe shan is just speaking a really great interview like and she has that ability to do so and then what she said there doesn't match what we see and that's fine i don't think that's the case but i'm always very like "Eh, is it too good to be true so that's true and there's usually one right like there's usually one every season that's like oh they're gonna be amazing oh they were kind of yeah it's like but i feel like i may not be very good at like getting the winner as the season goes on but i feel like i'm getting better at at least seeing like who are the big players going to be in this Mm -hmm. season and like what roles they're going to fill so right one thing for her is i mean i think she's obviously good like and i think that's an issue maybe is like if i'm on the cast i'm scared of her 
like because mm-hmm. she is so likable and could that be a um like like about likability is a liability in survivor right <laughs> um to bring throw back to a previous theme and she is i think she's the most likable person on the cast by a decent margin and it's obvious so i guess the question is is she so likable people won't care or is she in that threshold where people will want to destroy her immediately yeah is it going to be like like a Tommy's game where it's like very always like this is the time we got to get rid and it just never works out or yep. what's going to happen. So, yep. So that's so, yeah. uh, that's Ua. So, yeah, power rankings here. I think I have JD like number one just in terms of like surviving on the tribe mm-hmm. and then Shan, uh, Ricard, Jeannie. Sarah and then Brad. I think I'm gonna go. I think I would go Shan number one, JD number two, Jeannie number th- Jeannie number three. Honestly, no. Okay, actually, I, I have another point about Shan because I just thought about this. This tribe gives me freaking, and I know it's the only freaking season that Brad's seen, which is g- even gonna bolster this more. I think this is the South Pacific tribe. You literally have a pastor. You have <laughs> guy who loves pagonging in South Pacific uh genie who talks about the team like jd who's just gonna be a chill guy like i don't see how this tribe doesn't pagong and sarah to me sticks out like that's how i see this tribe is yeah they are going to be a unit they Mm -hmm. are going to be a team and i think shan's gonna be almost like the like the the coach cult leader kind of vibe (laughs) yeah i i get those vibes it's a very like solid group yeah like you just see them getting along like brad's i believe wearing a oh no he is not uh i believe brad is also religious i believe uh like i don't know i feel like brad and genie are gonna get along i feel like shan and brad are gonna get along like that's the trio i think and then jd's just gonna be good with everybody including that three like pencil it in i feel yeah i feel like i see shan and ricard leading and then they pull in like jd and genie for sure and then yeah i think sarah weirdly might go first just because i think brad's fine i think brad's fine i think i think shan's gonna see that that she can use him uh i really do uh so that's that's this tribe i don't know i'm actually kind of interested if we're right if this is gonna be that locked Mm -hmm. in and it's such a contrast to Yase, who I feel like is in like six different directions. This tribe's bad. Like <laughs> this tribe, I'm like if any tribe is losing every challenge or whatever, and there's like two of them in the merge, I think it's this one. Almost none of these people. There is correction. I'm gonna say there's one person on this tribe that I have any faith in as a winner. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my power rankings and like my second person. I'm not gonna be very nice about. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is like they literally grabbed like the the goofball wacky people and put them on a tribe. I think. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's start here with David, um, who I guess we could have also gone last for, um, because he's going by his last name, but. I'm not really worried about him. Oh, I've been excited to talk about this one. I mean, like, reading, I this is an interesting one, reading versus like seeing it because I mean, we talked a little bit beforehand, but I can see how we would have got the same vibes and those vibes are not great. <laughs> he's so yeah. like, I know he works in a hospital, but he's so clinical. Like he, <laughs> and it's like, he's clinical and analytical, but he keeps being like, but no, don't worry. I can be like empathic and like, I can work with people. Don't worry. Like I know how to work with people. And it's like, I don't trust you to be able to do that. I think you are just too much of a like game bot. Like you are doing these things because you know they are beneficial, not because you. And it's so mean to say. 
but like that's the vibes i get uh, absolutely like this is the person that would like like do something real like buy you flowers and you're like why do you do that you know what i mean like what's the end goal like yeah he just comes off like he like he comes off sleazy i think but mm-hmm. clinical is the right word but like clinical but also sleazy somehow like and oh my god he's in his interview talking about how he as a doctor he talks to the janitors and that separates him from other doctors and i'm like <laughs> It's again the Sarah thing. It's like the fact that you see that as a thing is concerning. Mm-hmm. Like you talk to people that work at the same place as you is not a revelatory thing, dude. Like everybody talks to people. Are you actually making meaningful relationships with them? Are you viewing yourself on the same level? Not really if you're categorizing them by their job description at your place, right? For sure. Oh yeah. He said something that was like, I have to deal with whatever patient comes to me, whether it's like a super rich person or a homeless guy under the bridge. And I was like, so yeah, very like easily bottom of this tribe. Like, and I don't, I just don't, like, I think you're going to disagree, but I don't see the same sort of, like, upside that, like, a Brad and Nasir have where, like, the right person can sort of drag them because David isn't going to want to be dragged. Like, yeah. David's going to want to be doing the dragging, and he is not in the position to do that, so. Right, and as I mentioned before, like, he talks about a lot about how he will keep the evil and clinical side sort of thing to confessionals, and because in his real life, he's cool and calm and fun. I'm like, nothing you've done at all has shown me you have that gear at all. Like, I think he thinks he comes off like Deshaun does, Mm -hmm. and he does not at all. He comes off like he's trying to, like, I I don't know, like, very much like, (laughs) he reminds me of the doctor in Arrested Development, that, like, basically the, the premise of that bit is that the doctor keeps saying like trying to give good news but accidentally use words that could be um conveyed in a very negative way like uh the doctor goes up to somebody is like oh they're in a better place and everybody starts crying and then it's they're in the food court like (laughs) because they're incapable of actually uh relaying positive feelings that's the vibe he gives me like he just feels like like yeah like and maybe maybe he'll surprise us like he is so smart he gets the game really really well like he talks about it in a very nuanced and interesting way and sometimes social game doesn't matter if you're the only person willing to talk game because game supersedes how much you like somebody if you trust somebody in the game you are going to work with them over people you like that's where he can find his niche because he seems wicked smart strategically yeah this tribe is like just on the precipice of like not being a like very gamey like tribe i think they're like maybe not gamey enough for it to work out but I feel like there's enough people here that are savvy enough to be like, no, this guy can't stick around. Yeah, that's, I think, the million-dollar question for this guy. Like, I could see him being, like, a Dominic um, Abate, right? Like, from Ghost Island. Like, similar-ish, where everyone's like, oh, he's gonna immediately stick out, and no one's gonna want to work with him because he's so obviously skeevy. And then Dominic makes it to the end and almost is a winner. And almost is one of the best winners of all time. You know what I mean? Like, and I could kind of see it, like... As long as he's not horrible, like, even he compares himself to Russell. Russell wasn't, like, you know, everybody's favorite, but they trusted him, and they did like him, right? Like, they enjoy his company, and you enjoy scheming with people that you're scheming with. Like, that's a fun, as long as, mm-hmm. as long as you find people who will enjoy scheming with you, that gives you hours and hours every day of talking and, 
enjoyment and making fun of the people not in your alliance and stuff like that. I think he'd be good at that. It's just, I, I the part that worries me, honestly, I kind of wish he didn't say he was good at social stuff. I kind of wish he was like, I'm really clumsy socially, but I try my best. Right. Instead of like, I don't know, trying to like argue it away. Like, no, 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 I'm really good. Because like, yeah, I think his inability to not see that he might not have the social strength is going to hamper him more than anything. Because right. like, like, even with Dominic, yeah, he had Wendell who he could scheme with and stuff, but he was still, he had the charisma to like get other people with him, even if they didn't want to do all that scheming. And I don't think David has that ability <laughs> right like because that's the thing right is you get people who are awkward like christian or something right like they're theoretically kind of awkward and they'll kind of talk down their social skills but they're magnetic and so good at actually communicating he to me reads like he thinks he's a 10 at communicating and he's a five and that's really bad like it's better if you think you're worse, because then you're you're gonna work on it more. My worry is that he thinks he's like the life of the party, and he's not for sure. <laughs> so, uh. but he is so smart. Like, and I don't know. Like, the thing is, is that being like, if he is the greatest strategist of all time, I think that's enough to get far in Survivor. He just needs to actually know how to work with people. Like, I think that the take that Russell had a bad social game is actually quite wrong. Uh, I think Russell has one of the the better social games of all time, and. Because he was able to, you know, win friends and influence people. Can this guy do that, I think, is the question. Because he's smart enough if he gets the, you know, the, the, the keys to the bus to drive it well. But can he get to the driver's seat, you know? Well, then a lot of that is then what happens at the destination. Like, did you play... Because Russell played a good social game in some parts, but the holes were big holes that at the end, like, cost him the game, like, twice. So, yeah, it's like... Part of that is you have to have a sense of it from beginning to end. And I think it's one thing to be social to get you from tribal council to tribal council, but then you have to be that extra social that wins you jury votes. And to be honest, I think there's almost a 0% chance this guy wins. For sure. <laughs> I think there's actually a decent shot. He's an amazing player or something. It's just like, I just don't think he'll have the ability yeah. to show it. If that's true. I think he might even just be, he he's like, he has a lot of first boot equity. I think. Yeah. He reminds me a little bit of uh david sampson from kagiyan yeah which i don't know if that's just like the name to name thing but yeah yeah he feels like he fits in a similar mold although it's more like like david combined with garrett like we're getting all of that in one person yeah. <laughs> honestly garrett's honestly also a good good comparison so it's like that's the thing is he garrett or is he russell and it's hard to know um because the open schemer actually is not bad in these games right like dr mike or whoever like if you're the one person who people know they can make a move with that's actually very powerful and then you don't really need them to like you as long as they know that you'll work with them when they need you yeah. i just don't know if he it's just can he get through honestly it's he's one of these people that he's either dead on arrival or he's actually gonna not really like i don't think he'd be a swap boot i think he'd be a before like the he's the first one out on their tribe or he's making it very deep is my yeah. kind of expectation like literally a garrett or like a i'm trying to yeah a spencer's a good yeah <laughs> either a garrett or a spencer right is like mm-hmm. a really good like point there Cass is maybe even better wow lots of he's he's the brains tribe of he is the brains i mean i could see the jt and him too <laughs> yeah yeah for sure like i think that's it right it's like no one's and i think Cass is way more likable than um david is probably oh, for sure of, but like 
Spencer's probably a good one where like quite analytical and very obviously so, mm-hmm. but is the guy that Tony's willing to make the moves with, right? Like, yeah, that's huge. And if he's able to get into that lane, but I do think he's more robotic than Spencer. Um, mm-hmm. so who knows? Uh, he's a, he's a giant question mark to me, but I am actually going to lean that he's going to do well. I think is my, where I rest just because I have less faith in a lot of these other people. And yeah. And I think looking at this tribe it almost pieces together where i think he can be in the majority maybe yeah <laughs> rather agreed. than just be immediately ostracized so huh. and his confessionals will be good he's 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 got a good mind for the game like i'm interested like he's somebody that i would want to hear talk extensively about survivor i think in a podcast maybe. <laughs> <laughs> next so, yeah. season first guest for sure for sure uh i guess that brings us to eric yes uh He's the one that I mentioned that is so strange because he was very obviously reading. Um, And then he talked about being like a jovial, friendly person. And that's not a vibe you can get at all when a person is looking slightly off camera reading, right? Like with a, it almost had like a rhythm rhythm to it like mm-hmm. th- like I, th- I think what he was saying is rhyming um and he was clearly reading but then in another one of the interviews he was being a little bit more um i guess spontaneous and i saw it i saw what he was saying i think he is a likable goofy guy who gave us a bunch of content that doesn't show that at all huh. and so he's really hard to read yeah that is interesting i could definitely see like i don't know maybe it'd sort of be like my dad where like i think if you gave my dad like these questions to answer like he would not do well if he like had to do it spontaneously so like yeah it makes sense to write answers and go off of those but then in the moment like he's like fun and like cracking jokes and stuff so like yeah i definitely get that and yeah from the interview i'm definitely not high on eric but i'm curious how much of that is the interview sort of clouding my vision on him right like and then he he does say some like bananas stuff like (laughs) i would construct a hybrid playing style of richard hatch and wendell with a touch of boston rob like (laughs) i'm sorry dude but what does that mean like you can't say stuff like that with no supporting evidence right like it's just like i'll be um gandhi mixed with alexander the great mixed with um john lennon that's how i'm gonna win life you know like i don't you can't just pick three people that have nothing to do with each other and say it's a hybrid approach like Mm -hmm. like that's uh your third grade teacher is gonna be like sorry buddy you can't be superman and batman i don't know his players he compared himself to are james clement and ethan which are very like happy-go-lucky choices like they're Mm -hmm. fun people um yeah i don't he's sort of in the genie like vein where it's a very like good person i could see fitting in but i don't see a lot of strategy he reminds me a lot i think of uh carl that's from yeah david versus goliath and then, yeah i feel like i don't know if that's just like i don't know visually they look kind of similar so like <laughs> but yeah or, very or, carl or even a mike like white i was thinking holloway but oh. <laughs> um no like yeah like someone like that too. that's like a nice cool guy that's like mm. or someone's dad like you're right like very someone's dad vibes like um <laughs> Where yeah, it's like, yeah, just and I don't know. Would your dad win Survivor Joe? Uh no. <laughs> I mean, I was I was maybe exaggerating. Like my dad would probably make too many people mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think he'll make people mad. Yeah. He does he did mention something about like always winning means you're never voting. And I don't know, in this rethinking of Survivor I've had, I'm like, mm, maybe it's good to lose some challenges and yeah. like 
that obviously won't work later on. Like after the merge, you can't win every challenge. And then, yeah, in the first half, I think it's important like for tribes to go to because that's like maybe the best shot this tribe has of sticking together is if they all come together to vote someone out. So for sure, I think I think that's a poor, poor choice on his part. That said, like, I don't know if he's, he could be in danger on this tribe. I don't know. I, I don't really see him fitting that much long term. Like, I don't think he's long for the game, but like, like, I don't think he has much winner upside either. I don't know. I think this tribe is really hard to sort of nail down an initial core. So yes. like, yeah, I don't know where that core is going to sit. And there's somewhere Eric is in a really good spot and others where he's not. So, yep. Yeah. So that's Eric. Um, mm-hmm. Good luck, I guess. Um, <laughs> that brings us to Evie. And I think that Evie is maybe third for me in terms of winner threat. I think that Evie is behind Erica and Shan, I think. Where are they, I th- um, are they from Canada? I'm on. Uh, I actually forget where Evie's from. <laughs> uh, Westchester, New York. That's pretty dang close to that Canada. That is close to Canada. So, uh, <laughs> so that might be might be residual Canadian bias coming in. But I think that they are so great. Like, like I want them to be my friend kind of thing. Like, they're just so... You can tell they care so much. They're so fun. They mm-hmm. give... Like, they are Christian Hubicki, I think. Like, like same vibe, I think. Like, un matched intelligence super smart can talk about the game forever uh, while also being a very fun and interesting person like yeah i don't know super high on them and i truly think that like like okay they mentioned at one point how survivor like they listened to the entire evolution of strategy by uh rob sisternino and josh wagler and they're basically saying like survivors this messy complicated game with so many infinite possibilities but it's really not that hard like it's it's a pretty simple game that you can talk about forever because it's really interesting it's the greatest game ever made but i think the the key is thinking about like the the few options you have and all the ways that can happen and that's that's all you want from somebody that kind of gets it that gets how you have to manipulate uh they know they want to be like like manipulating people and working like scheming and being really open about it i don't know super high on them yes they are definitely my top contender from this tribe and i guess i see where they can sort of navigate whatever core forms here they're going to be okay um i really like their story of how they also started with david versus goliath and then went back and were binge watching and just loving it and yeah, you could see that. Uh, another Todd Herzog lover, which I've decided that's a really like good character to have a lot of people who love Todd Herzog on one season. Like like I said, that's an interesting choice. And yeah. I also, I, I've been thinking about it, and I actually think that might be the most common pick for somebody who's a super fan who's recently got into it. Because how many people get recommended China as their first season? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, the first season that you get recommended, right? Like, I feel like that's, like, the consensus. It's like, hey, or watch Kagiyan and watch Survivor China. Or I wonder if they're, like, going through the rewatch and maybe even China's the first one where it sort of starts to shift into a really, truly modern play. And mm-hmm. so they're like, yes, I can get behind Todd. So And Todd's awesome. Like, Yeah. Yeah, and, like, the reason for Todd from Evie is really good, right? It's like, mm-hmm. they talk talk about how Todd kind of infiltrates with Aaron um makes them kind of the fall guy love that like everything they were talking about like I want I want Evie on like 
And this is where I think David could actually have a, a good ally. I think they could really hit it off together. Like, I think they mm -hmm. could be good pals who scheme and plot. Hope it's not like a Max and Shreen situation. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like, they just seem to get it similar to Shan, like where they just understand Survivor. Like, I think they really do. Even in normally when people say I started two seasons ago and I've watched it all, I um, or I've watched lots of it or whatever. I'm like, okay, I kind of call baloney on that. Mm -hmm. I actually believe it. They get it. I feel like they were somebody who was born to be a super fan that just didn't watch it until they did. Yep. They missed out and yeah i think i talked about it earlier where it's just someone that they missed out on survivor and then they found it and it clicked it was like they were meant to be here the whole time so yeah yeah and i i just like oh also super great speaker like very very funny um will be a star of the show i think similar to shan i think that evie's uh, probably a little bit less good maybe at it but i think is very similar to everything we said about shan like in terms of feels like they already have kind of won you know like like i think of the cast those are the two that really stick out as somebody that kind of transcends survivor i think mm -hmm. um and yeah, yeah i think you're definitely right with sort of the christian hubiki sort of comparison they feel like very similar characters and so even if they're just a big character, I'm excited to see where that takes us. But I think they're going to do well. So, yeah, I'm I'm so hyped. Like part of like part of the reason I'm so excited for Wednesday is is just seeing Evie. Like, I think I think they're going to be a fan favorite for sure. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. My prediction is like, I think this is going to be similar to Millennials vs. Gen X. I think that um, Shan and Evie are going to represent sort of Zeke and David. Right. Hmm. So Sort of the chess match style storytelling that they did for that mm -hmm. season where it was like everything boils up to the rocks moment i think that shan and evie are going to be rivals and the main characters of the season i think i see them more as allies like i think there's a lot of like old school energy here that I feel like it's more likely they work together to get sort of whatever resistance builds up. And then maybe it's a little bit later where they're right. against each other, but I feel like I see that initially going down, so... I, I actually, I, I do agree with that. And I think that was kind of, that's kind of the story of Millennials for Gen X, right? Is it's like they're working together, but for how long, right? Like it's like the, yeah. the, the fuse is burning. They just, and then both of them pick at the same time. I could see that. I don't know. Love it. I, I don't know. I just want Evie to do very well. Um, And I feel like I'm failing to convey how thoughtful they were in all their answers. Like genuinely thought out well, like argued without being like an essay without being like dry, like energetic and interesting and captivating, like really, really good stuff. Yep. Definitely good moments of charisma and character in there. So and they're really funny. Yeah. Like really, really funny. Um, yeah. So good stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. for sure. Let's jump to, oh, let's jump to <laughs> Liana who I'm really worried about Joe. I like, uh, she says that she's really like, like a really big super fan. And I believe her. You can tell she cares a lot. And honestly, unlike Jeannie, I actually think she's not going to do very well. Like <laughs> there was a lot for me where it just felt like she likes S survivor, mm -hmm. but doesn't have like a profound understanding of it. Like she likes watching the show is about the vibe I got, which I, it's a weird th differentiator, but it's like, you can like the show and know the facts and all that kind of stuff, but not quite get it. And that's the vibe I got 
from Liana. Definitely. Looking back at what I wrote on her, I kind of like feel like if I read that interview again, would it be like, did a like survivor interview bot write this? Because like her favorites are Suri and Sandra, which I think is where when I read her interview is where I sort of got like, oh, I need to keep an eye on who are who's picking people for actual qualities they embody versus like people they liked watching on the show. Because I think even Suri and Sandra are very different players if you look at it. So yeah, I, I think that's an interesting choice. Um. She was one of them who was like, I don't know how people will perceive me. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good sign. Um, and then she's also like, I don't want to throw out any names, which is another thing where I've kind of been like, you've got to find the right place to throw out the names. You just can't yeah. have a hard stance of like not throwing out names. So yeah, like if somebody goes to you and is like, hey, Joe, who are we voting out? And you respond, I don't know. I'm not giving any names. Or even like I she, immediately assume you're voting me out. She talks about like, I don't know. Who are you voting out? And it's like, <laughs> at this point, you can obviously see through like, oh, you're bouncing the question back to me. So like, yeah. and I think there's a discussion to be had about like, what is the savvy way to do that? And maybe it's like just talking about who you don't get along with or like reframing questions as like, who should we work with? And then you naturally weed down to like who you've got to vote out. So mm-hmm. it, the stance is not to be like, like I'm not choosing the target because that's not that's not that's not active gameplay either. <laughs> I don't know what I am, uh, what, or like it's like what's the line where it's like uh, I'm rubber in your glue. Like yeah. yeah, like that's what it, that sounds like. Like it sounds like an excuse. It sounds like you're voting me out if you respond that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many red flags for me. Like I really think she is like, I think her even more than Sarah, I think, I think she is going to not be very good. Like I really, I, I'd be shocked if she is. Um, and there, I think the, the, one of the bigger ones it's in, in her interview, she talks about how she is a mix of Tony and Elaine, which makes no sense. And then the way she describes why is she's like, Tony played the game well. I found him really annoying when he eavesdropped on people's conversations and played hard. But I'm going to try to take his gameplay and mix it with Elaine's personality. Like, like she's disagreeing with herself. The question is, which past survivor will you play the game the most like? And she says, Tony, but not really because I didn't like anything he did. But, like, I kind of kind of like him because he won, but mm, not that part. Like, what? You can't who are you and you you're disagreeing in that sentence in your one sentence you can't have a thought that's a an actual idea like mm-hmm. really really bad i thought like you can't be disagreeing with like it felt like yeah like someone else is trying to describe somebody else like i don't know yeah i think you're definitely right in that sarah i feel like her interview was just inscrutable like i couldn't actually parse what sarah wanted to say i very much get what liana is saying yeah i I get her (laughs) i don't think it makes a good survivor player for sure so yeah Yeah, she talks about not wanting to stick out and like have other people kind of take the reins and i'm like like you're just a goat but i don't even think she'll get there like i don't like i I think she's just gonna get voted out like i think she's an early boot yeah she's Um, just yeah side player i mean i think on this tribe she could find her way into the majority almost by accident Mm -hmm. like she's got a good strategy for doing that just not for winning the game wholesale so yeah no i just like like that's the thing i think that's a great way to put it is like i absolutely get who this person is like it's just i really don't think like she doesn't want people to think she's 
strategic. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how you watch any modern survivor and look at who wins these things and are like, wow, they won because they were hiding that they were strategic. Like Wendell, the entire season is about how Dom and Wendell are controlling the game and they have to get stopped. Tommy, the entire season, is about how Tommy is controlling the game, and he's almost getting voted out, but he flips people, like, Tony! Tony just won! The whole time! You know what I mean? Like, these overdogs are winning. Yeah. Not the... Not... I don't want people to think I know how the strategy works. I think it's just there's, like, this magic, like, this very alluring part of being like i'm the one who won survivor and i was underestimated i was sneaky i was like not strategic but i still did it and yeah it'd be really cool if it happened but it doesn't happen (laughs) like you can't play that game like that's the thing is in their minds they're picturing like almost like and this is a big brother but like a Derek lavasser or something like like um even a par like a parvati and uh or, or like the black widow brigade and micronesia with the eric moment right like what they're picturing is that moment right they're on the beach they're like hey eric how's it going what if you what if you maybe uh gave us the the necklace maybe and then like you know they're being friendly and uh giving reasons why and everything like that and then and then flash to confessional and they're like actually i'm being duplicitous and sneaky and um manipulating them and that's what they're seeing when they say that right like yeah i'm on the beach being tricky and manipulative and then but they don't see it i'm actually just friendly there and then flash to confessional and i'm the puppet master baby i'm president lucina and president lucina got <laughs> impeached immediately in kageon right like yeah um but more often i think that just makes you delusional Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes when it makes the air of the TV show, that looks really cool when the puppet master's pulling the strings by not actually doing anything, right? And you make somebody else think it's your idea. But practically, probably in every season, 18 people are giving that confessional. Just only one makes the air who actually did it. So if that's your defining strategy, you're actually more likely to be one of the other people whose confessional never made air. I think there's even it's even smaller than that where there's sort of like they want to do it so effortlessly and subtly that like they're not doing anything like they just did it because they were well liked and they slid by like they just didn't burn bridges and got no blood on their hands and like ah they played the perfect game where no one was mad at them and like once again doesn't work yeah it's just how you just get like no like people be like oh she's so sweet shame we have to vote her (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Liana. I'm sure you're really nice. I don't like, they just, they just don't know who they are yet. Like they're only 20 and they feel 20, I think is the thing, right? Like, and that's, I think probably the reason, right? Like, it's just, they're probably too young to be like, maybe she'd be a really great player at 26 or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where it comes from. It's just like, and honestly, if she does well, I feel like she'd be like, I just, I can't see her winning except in a better jury, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Like, it would have to be a really weird set of circumstances. For sure. Um, yeah, so that's, I guess that's Leanna. Uh, and I, who is next? It's Tiffany. Joe, what are your <laughs> thoughts on Tiffany? Uh, she certainly feels like a character. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, like, maybe there's some hidden Janet Carboness to her. I just think we'll find out in, like, the first episode. Like, we'll know where Tiffany is going. I think it's more likely she's just sort of another, like, this old school feeling, like, they came to play Survivor, play, 
in quotation marks, like experience it, I guess. Like, yeah, her interview was kind of strange and almost like parallel to Survivor. Like she chose Adam as the person she's most similar to, which is a bonkers choice for Tiffany, I think. And I mean, part of that is like her cancer story, I think relates her to Adam in that sense. But I think relating on that aspect, while it's touching and good, it is who you are. It's the idea that that she's not thinking like game wise for Survivor. And like, I I suppose that's fine. Like, I definitely like to see other things from Survivor. But in our podcast, we're trying to figure out who the winner is. I can sort of say probably not Tiffany, unless you surprise me. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And she has a similar issue as uh, most of the people that we've dogged on. And I I think it comes like it's like it comes from the same thing. I don't think they're conveying who they are, which means they're not going to convey who they are to people, which means people aren't going to rely on them. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't want to rely on, like, like if uh, if there's a bendy straw uh, that's got all these loop-de-loops in it and a regular straw and you need to move liquid quickly, you're going to pick the one that's just a regular straw, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense, versus the one that has all these weird factors that don't quite make sense. And, like, even if the Rube Goldberg machine's better, you're not going to use it uh, because it has more chance to fail. Yeah. Tiffany's another one for me like that that just, it doesn't quite work together, I think. Like, they seem kind of kooky, but maybe not kooky enough to be a total oddball. Like, um, she describes it Ozzy and Colby, but then she says, but not to the detriment of her own game. So, so not like Colby then. Like, Colby, <laughs> like, so like someone else entirely. Like, you can't just say, like, I want to be like Colby except for the most defining trait about him yeah very very strange like i get like julie wolf vibes and that she's just sort of there and she'll be a reliable number for whoever she falls in with like i don't think she's actually at risk first in this tribe no like i think she reminds me of carolyn from uh worlds apart ah i think she can sort of bond with almost everyone here in some way so yeah i think she's set up okay for this tribe but like once again i feel like there's just a lot of people who like are set up well to make it far but not actually win agreed <laughs> it's like so this like- feels like a season for me where there's like like a handful of winner threats like mm-hmm. that's how it feels like to me and then there's yeah. a lot of pawns and i feel like tiffany is one of the pawns which i hope that makes sort of for an interesting season edit wise where we see like Oh, good. These people are are they, We thought they were going to be winner threats, and they have a winner's edit. So, hmm, maybe there's something there. Or like we thought they were going to be a winner's threat, but where are they? And then you have people like Tiffany who are getting maybe really good content, and you're like, is it possible? Like, and so I think it's good to have a balance here in the preseason where it's like people winner threats versus not, and then balancing the edit off of that. But it yeah. just seems like there's a lot for me that I'm just like crossing off my list immediately. Yeah, like, there's a lot of people I'm given, like, less than one. Um, (laughs) And maybe that's too many, because if there's that many, then, you know, uh, certainly some of those people have a much higher shot than we're giving. Um, Well, and then the possibility is... If you get rid of all those winner threats, someone still has to win the game, so... Right, like, this could be a Gabon, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's possible. Like, 
what if Shan is the first boot, right? Like, or what happens even, to that trend? Like, not even first boot, but, like, they all go early in the merge. They all, like, yeah. it's a big target game, and then you're left with all these goats and meat shield. Well, not even, like, shielded players, but just, like, lesser players. Like, that's yeah. exciting in its own way, though. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess, for me, I'm going to be on the lookout for anything from Tiffany that's, like, very, very, honestly personal focus like she has a, mm. a pretty inspiring story yeah what i'm not is led with another person i get vibes of is angela and i think that is a easy sort of route for her to go where it's like just barely personal and like yeah. there's yeah so like maybe makes it far but it's definitely not important to the story yeah like i think tiffany's somebody who's gonna pop in and out of like Mm -hmm. Very, yeah, like like the OTTN5 invisible, OTTN5 or P5 or whatever, invisible. Like, yeah, yeah that pattern that we saw, um, I think that's pretty spot on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That, I think that's good for me for Tiffany. I, I actually think, I don't know, like, I don't really know where she's going to place. Um, no, she does feel kind of anywhere at the moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I guess that's good for Tiffany. Let's jump mm -hmm. to Xander, who, I don't know, I think is somebody that I'm excited for. I think he's going to be fun. He's less goofy, I think, than I expected based on, like, his his attire and everything. Like, he, he seems kind of serious, to be honest. Like, quite um, to the point, like, even though he's wearing, like, an ice cream shirt or whatever. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought, I thought he'd be kind of goofy and silly and he... He seems quite focused and resilient. I guess sort of my entire thought on him is sort of, I like, I have a question for you. In the, the interviews you saw, did he talk about the show Survivor? Like, like, did he have favorites? Like, <laughs> ooh, um, in, in his written interview, there are no, fa they're like, it was like the question was not even asked, like if he had he favorites. And he did. He, it was the one I remember him talking about was Jay. Okay. And it was like, mm. I liked, like, I, I think he said Jay and Joe. Um, okay. Like, basically, I think what you'd expect, like, your athletic jungle boy. Yeah. Um, like, but he didn't really give that vibe off to me in the actual call. Like, he, I don't think he's that charismatic. Like, he's actually kind of, he kind of reminds me of JP from, that might be a little harsh, but like. No, I think, I think I get that. He is very, yeah, the impression I got from what I read was like. So much of his interview was about running. Yeah. I, I get it. I like running now, too. That's one thing that's changed about me. But, like, wow. The running's like, great. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... So, yeah, since he didn't answer that, I was like, is this our, like, only technical, like, recruit? And, like, those answers that he gave don't make me not believe that. Like, it's almost yeah. as if he was like, who most resembles me in the past two seasons? And so... I know sounds like someone, maybe a casting producer, uh, was like, you're like Jay. Mm -hmm. And I think there's sort of this archetype of like, the hot nerd, like getting cast on stuff. So... Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like, the other thing with Jay is like, he mentions, like, Jay's apparently from the same, like, city or whatever. So like, is that it? Like, was someone mm -hmm. like, oh, you're just like this guy, apply you know um i think he might be first boot like i think or mm. early early anyway i don't know i think from the way i read it i sort of thought he'd either be sort of sebastian style like just sort of there for the ride like gets in the numbers and goes from there yeah. or it just all sort of clicks for him and he is that serious focus player who's like okay i get this i'm gonna 
do things yeah. to better my place in the game. And he's a good player. So he could be like a Michael Yerger who is really good, right? Like mm-hmm. was honestly a very, very, very good survivor player who I'm surprised doesn't come back, but I guess there hasn't been an opportunity. Um, but yeah, like could be that I just, and I remember, but I remember we were really high on Michael, like really, yeah. really high on Michael. Mm-hmm. And he like Xander didn't give me that. I don't know, but Xander's also 20. Like I would predict that Xander's 18, mm-hmm. not 21. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't have the highest hopes for him, but I agree. I could see, I could see a world where he's just good. Like just kind of naturally. Yeah. Once again, I think he's set up well on this tribe. Weirdly. Well, I don't know. It's this tribe is is so, I mean, I was going to say David, but now I've, I've been thinking, I just don't, I just don't see him going first for like the archetype that he is. So I don't know. He, he's definitely a big question mark. Totally. Yeah. For what's worth my power ranking, or at least I, I usually go with, I mean, number one is, I think is Evie. Um, and then I actually think, I think Evie and David are, or Voce are going to be tight. I think that's going to be a power duo. And I think Leanna might be roped in there. I think that might be your three. I'm thinking maybe, I don't know. I think maybe the older people stick together and you have this weird group of David, Eric, and Tiffany. Oh my God. Yeah. And then they they bring in Evie and yeah, then Leanna and Xander on the bottom. And that kind of makes sense. Like, I think those are the two I'm the least high on on this tribe. And it, the whole thing sort of gives me like a Zapatera vibe. Like, yeah. <laughs> definitely see that. In that same sense, I think they're just like fodder for whichever the other two tribes is doing well. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Like, um, yeah, like this is definitely like, like, I don't know. This tribe is just like, it seems dysfunctional. Like it doesn't seem locked in. Like, honestly, like Evie's the only one that feels like a main character. Mm-hmm. And that's not like even like... <laughs> It kind of like a Matt Singh, but if Evie is, uh, or yeah, like, like in Evie's Denise, you know what I mean? Like, or in, mm-hmm. you know, someone else is Malcolm, but doesn't quite fit. I don't think there's a Malcolm here. Um, like there's, there's two important people and the rest are kind of fodder. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely I'll- interesting to see how this tribe is edited as a whole come Wednesday. For sure. So I guess on that note, we got some predictions here that we always do. I guess prediction for opening confessional. Who do you think is going to be the open confessional? I feel like there's a lot of good choices here. A lot of people with like good stories, mm-hmm. good charisma. I think I always go for like the most obvious choice. So I'm thinking like a JD or yeah. like Deshaun. I think I'm going to go with JD and I think it's going to be like survivors back. I'm younger than the show. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It could also very easily be one of those people. So like Xander or is it Liana is the other younger one? Isn't it JD? JD. There's three of them. JD, I think Xander and then. Uh... That's a good question. Oh, yeah. it's Liana. Yeah. Weird that they weren't like one per tribe, but. Yeah. Yeah. There's two of them on one tribe and then two older folks. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Most confessionals, I think episode one is going to be Evie. I think, hmm, I think Heather, mostly because she's like the first boot. <laughs> uh, what about most confessionals in this season? Um, I think that's maybe Deshaun. I'm going to go with Sydney. Mm, that's a bold choice. Yeah, I think they're going to love her. I think she's really, really good at confessionals and she's going to make it far. Mm. Uh, first boot. Does that mean you're going with Heather? Let me... I think that's the most obvious one. Yeah, I'll pick Heather. I'm going to go with Sarah. Uh, yeah, Sarah would be probably second, but there is that mystery to her. I think she could 
Surprises. Yeah, she could be awesome, to be honest. I don't know. But I guess I'm going to put Juju on her so that hopefully it's a triumph <laughs> you know, proving me wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Winner, I've thought about it a lot. I'm going to stick. Mm. The, the thing for me is I think there's one on each tribe that stand out. It's Erica, it's Shan, it's Evie. Um, the issue is I think... Erica stands out from the other two because I don't think Erica has that same like they they've already won vibe like I don't think Erica has that um mm-hmm. I think Shan and Evie do um and Sydney is number four for me I think uh, uh yeah like I'm gonna go with Shan no I'm gonna go with Erica final answer <laughs> we're going with Erica um the reason for that is I think it's more likely maybe that the other two get sniped I think I'm going to go with Shan. You made very convincing points for Erica, but I I feel like I saw Shan from the beginning. And so I want to stick with that and write that out. But then I think my second would be Sydney. Yeah, Sydney's a dark horse for sure. Like, really, really good. I'm just scared she might be an Angelina. (laughs) I mean, anyone can be an Angelina if you try hard enough. Right. I mean, I don't think I could ever be an Angelina. Like, I could... Like I could spend my days and I would not be as interesting and cool as Angelina. Um, you know, you know what they say though. If you're in a room and you don't see the Angelina, that's true. You're the Angelina. <laughs> uh, they, uh, who do you think is most likely to climb a 50 foot ladder on the island? Oh boy, Brad for sure. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's our show. I'm super excited. Uh, we're gonna be doing this. Uh, we're sending out episodes Saturdays and Sundays, just like before. Uh, I'm super jazzed to be covering the season. For sure, it's good to be back. Good to be back. As always, you can email us at the winner edit no s uh, at gmail.com. To be clear, that's just the winner edit at gmail.com. Um, yeah. So enjoy Wednesday. It's gonna be great. Throw your survivor parties. Have a good time safely wherever Safe. you are. Who knows what may be happening? But even if you have to do it over Zoom, that's fun enough. That's how Absolutely. Evie did it. So yeah, <laughs> no, Evie did it not via Zoom. They uh, did it in the backyard. Oh, outside on a projector. The weather's probably still good enough. So yeah, at least maybe not the finale. But <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, okay. that's the show. Farewell. Yep. Bye. <laughs>